0: We are back yep. on the Dirty Ugly Wrestling Podcast. My name is Dirty Mike. I'm the Big Ugly. And we are here in the mansion 2.0 Big Ugly. Welcome. Thank you for welcoming us back into the mansion. Yeah, man.
1: Anytime, man. And I said, I'm
0: glad we got to be back here. Usually, you know, said so the mansion 1.0, so it's been a while. Right. It's been it a has, few months. It has yeah. been a few months. We did yeah. uh, watch WrestleMania here last year. That was really cool, uh, having WrestleMania yeah. in uh, this man cave here. But I said us, Big Ugly. And why did I say us? Because we have a special guest joining us. Um, he is joining us in the mansion 2.0 for the first time. Uh, he is here to talk about Professional wrestling like we do. He's here to get dirty and ugly like we do. 69. Especially on episode number 69. (laughs) And you heard him right there. He is here. He is a member of the Chorus of the Chesapeake. He is uh, one of the people I greatly respect and highly uh, have a great time singing with this guy. Mike Malillo. Give it up for the Mike Malillo. There he is. Oh, you you guys.
2: Mikey, how you doing? Doing great, man. Doing great, so happy. Perfect day out today, isn't it? It is. Beautiful day
0: outside. Beautiful day for a drive. 90 degrees, no rain. Um, Mm -hmm. It's a great day. Gonna sit
2: by the pool after this.
0: Oh yeah. Oh man, that's perfect. All right. Where's this pool? Because we need to. uh, We need to go sit. uh, Is this your pool? uh,
2: Yeah. Yeah. Down down in Elkridge. Down in Elkridge. More than welcome. (laughs) Come on (laughs) by.
0: Yeah. Do, do your do you like pools, big ugly? Do your I was gonna say, <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't gonna get that I, dirty. Jumping uh, them hitters. <laughs> All right. <laughs> In the going. deep end, so to speak. <laughs> in the deep end. That's go. what I'm just going I'm just deep going right in the deep end. <laughs> yeah. And we did say it is episode number 69. That number. <laughs>
2: <laughs> well, since it's that, then it's the balls deep end. Balls <laughs>
0: deep. That's right. Go balls deep. That was in the movie Dodgeball. Remember that? It
1: was up on the back banner. So oh, yeah. Go balls deep. That's right. I've still not seen that movie. You haven't seen Dodgeball? Have I've not seen Dodgeball. I've only seen I know it's a classic. It I've is. I've only seen like. Snippets. Get out. Yeah. no, that it. was a good movie. <laughs> yeah. yeah, check it out.
0: It's a good movie. And my favorite part of that movie, actually, Gary Cole and Jason Bateman are the um, commentators at the end for the Big Dog Ball <laughs> tournament. And Jason Bateman, you know, it has some classic lines. And I was like, if I was ever in a production of that movie, I would want to be Jason Bateman. Absolutely. Oh, I would want to be. And you, I could see you being uh, Gary Cole sitting right next to me. You think so? I think so. It'd be a lot of fun. It would be. <laughs> <laughs> it
2: I've always admired, what's his name, Frank Frank Willard. or um, He and the, um, he was on Best in Show. He was in all the Christopher Guest movies. Oh, I know who you're
0: talking about. Yeah. yeah uh, he was in a, uh, American Pie. Um, yeah, Willard. Uh, his name is Willard. But uh, what is his first or last name? Jason Biggs? No. He, there, he was in that mm. movie too. Yeah. But um, Fred Willard. Fred, Fred Willard. Willard. That's it. You. you had the fru. Oh yeah. right. Fred Willard is his real name. Yes. Oh yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. Yeah, he <laughs> plays the dad. Um, you know, the yeah. he's kinda he's a very goofy character. I can see you doing that too. Yeah. Mm. A swig of water for the working man. Um, we are um, today we're gonna talk about a lot of different things. Um, it's a it's a great time in professional wrestling right now, Big Ugly. Uh, I think the Attitude Era is coming back. What do you think?
1: I definitely think so. Before we get there, can, oh, I, just, I'm can, just I, saying, can I just issue an apology? Uh, I felt so bad for the last that? podcast. For what? Because uh, for everybody that listened, you know there was a bunch of like static interference with the Matt Timby interview. Eh. And it was such a great interview. And I recorded it the same way we recorded phone interviews for like... Years with the uh, sure with the the Zoom mic yeah right and I don't know I did not have my headphones in it was my fault and it was a bunch of static and it was such a great interview so I apologize but
0: hey yeah. you know what and I I think you're all right because I listened to it and it looked it sounded like a radio interview it's a podcast interview yeah. you know what I mean so uh, and you know when we pride ourselves on quality here Mikey
1: mm-hmm. um
0: you know but sometimes the quality because we've come a long way in th- yeah th- three and a half yeah. years. Um, so, it, it's good, but Matt temby he's a fitness trainer, he's a friend of both of ours on Facebook, you check him out, you know, he's got a lot of good things going on, as you can hear in several interviews we had with Matt Temby, T-E-M-B-Y, and we can cross-reference him on this podcast when we put it up, episode 69, I'm sure he's had his, I, I, I'm just not going to go there, but this number 69 <laughs> is going to get me in trouble. Um, but yeah, you were talking about the attitude era. Yeah. We're going to talk WWE. about that a yes. lot today, yes. um, Mikey. I know we have uh, talked yeah. to you before um, yeah. offline here about professional wrestling. So yeah. uh, back in the day, Hulk Hogan, Macho Man, Randy Savage, move on to Rock and Stone Cold Steve Austin. This is the era that we've been talking about, and you've seen a little bit of this. You're you're a man of movies mm-hmm. and music and entertainment, so you're familiar. Yeah. Oh yeah. Uh, you tell me your favorite moment back in the day. If you want to think about that era, Stone Cold Steve Austin <clears> and The Rock man. and all that kind of stuff. Tell well, me a moment so, that sticks out for you.
2: So one of my one of my favorite moments absolutely was when I was like like preteen, age twelve, ish, thirteen. Okay. And I was watching the Undertaker. No, I'm sorry. I was watching. Oh man. It's okay. He uh, he wrestler. His trademark was like blowing kisses.
1: Blowing kisses. Uh, blowing kisses, or
2: like like he had like big old red lips, hmm. and he was real like flamboyant, real ostentatious.
0: Oh, this could have been um, back in the day with uh, Playboy Buddy Rose, perhaps, maybe, uh, or maybe even a little bit further up on the line. But uh, that's what I'm thinking. But that Go ahead. sounds
2: familiar. But so he walks in, he walks you know from the back into the ring, mm-hmm. and then his opponent, I forget if it was. Uh, Hulk Hogan or, mm-hmm. or Macho Man Randy Savage or somebody mm-hmm. uh, is waiting for him in the ring. Mm-hmm. And <laughs> the match starts and b- we'll say it's Playboy. Playboy Buddy, Buddy Rose. I'm, Buddy I'm thinking Rose. this is my poop. We'll go is. with that, right? He just hits him with some insane stuff. The match is over in a minute. Mm. And he has, um, you know the confetti poppers that you twist yeah. and it pops yeah. out? Yeah. Yeah. He had one of those, but full of like. Uh, uh, confetti and red lips nice. and he comes over he's pack and busts it right in this guy's face nice. drops it and walks right out of the ring see nice. that's sports yeah. entertainment right there <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I was like I don't He's know if Hogan would have went out like that. So that uh, might
1: not have been. <laughs> yeah. I don't been think Rod- Hogan would have yeah. went for that finisher. <laughs> I know Roddy Piper was in a lot up. of top programs yeah.
0: with him, so that sounds oh, yeah. like a good time. But, um, you know, you're leading back to how sports entertainment has evolved, and we've even talked about it on this podcast, we've had some shows here, Big Ugly, where we just haven't had much to talk about. Or yeah. if we've had something to talk about, it's been, why isn't this... Why isn't that? Yeah. What's going on? Right. But you had some when when you were watching wrestling big time back in those late nineties. What was your standout moment in like the Attitude Era, Big Ugly?
1: Who stand out a lot moment. of it? Yeah, so I would say definitely one of the ones that stands out the most was the convertible uh, Corvette oh. when Austin put the cement in the Corvette. Yes, oh my god, that was super memorable. Um, the one where so a lot of them are Austin. So the one where Austin had the beer truck and he sprayed everybody, the beer bag <laughs> and that um, was, McMahon that was, was swimming in the middle right. of the rain. And so and fast forward that when, of course, another one that stood out was when Angle ended up doing the same thing with milk. I yes. remember being super hyped about that. That's cool. Um, milk so bath. yeah, and, and. For me, the joy for me was that when I was watching this, I was I was a kid. So, this mm-hmm. stuff was, like, real to me. You know what I'm yeah. saying? It was, like, that was the joy. It's, like, now it looks like I have to watch it knowing that, you know, it's not. But it's, like, I grew up in Attitude Era. When I thought it was real, it was, like, the best time to be a wrestling fan. Mm-hmm. So, That's yeah. right. I, was
2: always, I always got hyped up when I would watch The Undertaker.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Um, there was a, a coffin ringside. Sure. You know, I don't know if all the matches with some of them. And, like... His opponent would put him in the coffin thinking it was done, and he'd just rise up like, yep, back bitches. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the casket yeah. matches,
0: classic yeah. stuff with The Undertaker. And there's been a lot of uh, promotions, independent and otherwise, that have tried to capitalize on that too. But it started with The Undertaker, you can't think of that. Mm. But, yeah, and he's back around, and we're gonna get back to that because we're gonna talk about extreme rules, give a little preview where The Undertaker is going to be there um and let's give a couple of shout outs right now i got this little list of bullet points um cm funk he's not here what up Funk? but uh he is the king of non-social media hashtag no hashtag nice Um, and uh you know he is a big big fan of pro wrestling and he loves getting on these podcasts with us as a matter of fact he and i just traveled to philadelphia pennsylvania home of extreme rules um, and we did this yesterday, and we saw Weird Al Yankovic. Get out of here! Oh, I can't. I would, yeah, I would do it. Weird Al in concert and with a forty-one piece orchestra. I love that. Behind him.
2: That's what's missing in music. Oh, I feel
0: today. Go ahead. Like real instruments. Re- yeah. yeah, and so they yeah. had them all. Yeah. The whole orchestra, big on yeah. it.
2: When I was a kid in high school, even before high school, I'd go to summer camp where uh, near where I lived, and the bus would pick us up at the fire station. One morning, my mom is there, waiting for the bus to pick my brother and I up, and this RV pulls in, and the driver gets off the bus and asks my mom, hey, how do we get to the Count Basie Theater in Redback, New Jersey? Mm-hmm. And my mom told him the way, um, and as mom was telling him, I'm getting on the bus. Son of a bitch, Weird Al. That was Weird Al's tour bus. No way. I was like, I was so close to oh. <laughs> That,
0: oh man, I would have loved I that. Was, That's a great
2: story I would have jumped out of the fire escape in the back of the bus To force my way onto that tour bus Just be like, what's up man? How's it going?
0: And he's a good dude We got to not only see the show But we we sat really close And then we got the uh, VIP backstage party afterwards um, we got to have a photo op, professional photo op with really? him. Really? And a
1: autograph. Uh, I haven't seen stuff. him in years. Is he still wear like, the same hair, like a big curly mm-hmm. eight, 80s? Yep. Yeah. Okay. He's,
0: he's almost yeah. 60 years old, I think. He's up there, but he's still yeah. got the big curly hair. And it's all hair. his.
2: Not like Gallagher where he had the hair in his hat. No. Yeah. It's, his it's all his.
0: Man. And uh, he still has the same original mm-hmm. four band members, uh, including himself. And he's also added a um, keyboardist on there. So it was just... <clears throat> a great experience. but uh,
2: How do you think that conversation went when Weird Al approached his band members, his future band members? He goes, hey guys, I play the accordion. <laughs> and, and I played I it make, in the bathroom a couple and I make parody songs. Do you want to be rich and famous with me?
0: <laughs> Making parries. I don't know if the first conversation had rich and famous in it, but I tell you what, when they agreed to it and they realized that 40-some years later that they're all still doing the same thing, Oh yeah, it's just, he, he is a, a consummate entertainer. He's worked, works very, very hard. And then within 20 minutes of the show being over, after getting out there, moving, sweating, everything, he's taking... Professional style, quality pictures with everybody shaking hands, signing autographs. It was
1: great. So is he? That's is cool. he? Um, is he still doing parody songs? Like, is he doing new stuff as well?
0: Once in a while, he'll throw okay. out something new. Uh, the last couple years, he's been doing compilation tours, but mm-hmm. he did throw out in the past year. Uh, I believe it was some Let's song see. worth a parody of Hamilton. Uh, okay. The musical. The musical, yeah.
2: That was insane.
0: Yeah, and he rapped all the way through it, and he told the yeah. story, and there's a <clears> there was a partial video of it that he played up on the um, video screen last Once, night. Did, didn't wow.
2: Lin-Manuel Miranda cameo? I think yeah. he cameoed on that track. Yeah. That was amazing.
0: Mm-hmm. I, it, it, people always say, and we're going off on tangents because this is what we do, yeah. Big Ugly, but if Weird Al wants to make a parody of anything that you do, then you've made it in the business. You're good. Yeah. If Weird Al wants to do that. And the only person to ever give him any rights issues was Coolio for uh, Amish Paradise. Oh, that's right. Uh Gangster Oh, Coolio. Really? Oh, oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Yep. yeah but then did. when he saw how much money it made... He pulled back. and He <laughs> was like, like yeah. "I'm sorry, dog. Yeah, that's true. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You can use you can use my video. You, you can use all my stuff. Yeah. He just yeah. he, I think, and he asked him too, you know. But it, for some reason, Coolio didn't think it was a good idea. Yeah. But everybody up and through Michael Jackson thinks it's a good idea, which was interesting because there's two big Michael Jackson parodies: "Fat from Bed" mm-hmm. and "Eat It from Beat It," which, from what I understand now. He had big parts of his show, but he's not playing right now because this story just came out a couple months ago on HBO with the two oh, guys right. that have uh, said that he they were on tour with him and he had some... Bad dealings, you know.
2: Tour on tour with MJ or Michael Ralph? Jackson? Okay. Yeah,
0: yeah. No, no. Weird Al's the great tour, but you know, two oh, people that were oh, yeah, on tour. with yeah. It was a very negative kind of documentary looking at Michael Jackson. Oh,
1: you are talking about leaving Neverland? That's it. Yeah, yeah. Thank you. Yeah, they yeah. weren't on tour with Michael. I mean, they were. They were little kids. Wade Robson was one of them. He was like they were. They were kids that Michael kids. used to like, you know, do things with and then provide for their families and yes. stuff like that. Right. And, I don't know if yeah. we ever talked about that on this podcast. Did we talk about leaving we, Neverland? Yeah, I mean, i was so big when it came out. I, I feel like, I feel like everybody's watched past. I feel like Michael Jackson. Like when I think about R. Kelly, you know, because similar scandals came right. out about him. It's like, you know, everybody's like, yo, I'm, I'm done. R. Kelly's canceled, right? Mm-hmm. You know, right. Um, and so and so, and, but Michael Jackson, everybody's like, eh, they might be lying. You know, <laughs> you know it's like. <laughs> And, and it's just like you know what we're just we're just gonna blow past this. Like, yeah, oh God. yeah. But do you okay?
2: So do you think that R. Kelly was um, he overshadowed the MJ story? And people are like, hey man, we I all my '90s is gone gone to crap because R. Kelly was it in high school, and now like I don't know if I can handle. Losing MJ
1: Lose an, too. Yeah, I mean, it could be. I feel like, it's funny, like we, I actually shot a film, I worked on a film that was about the whole R. Kelly situation, and I feel like what it is, is that I don't feel like people feel like R. Kelly added the value in life to make them want to keep him around. So it's mm-hmm. like, you know what? R. Kelly just sang a bunch of nasty sexual songs, right. and then you find out like he was with under underage girls. It's like you know what? Now nah, forget him. He's whack. Right. You know he's he's a dick. He's a douche. Right. But with, with Michael Jackson, it's like. Everybody has fond memories right. of yeah. Michael Jackson. Like, right. you know, there's no one that's like, Healed I hated the world his music. It's, it's like yeah. all of his music, like everybody remembers trying to do the moonwalk. It's like it meant so much that it's like, yo, dude, it's I thrilling. can't believe these I guys. Like, <laughs> <laughs> it's like, I can't. That's the suspension of yeah. disbelief. Yeah. I don't know. That, you know, that
0: documentary it. was so deep. But I, I think that, you know, going back to it, it's just interesting how that changes pop culture because people don't want to poke the beast so mm-hmm. they didn't uh, do those type of songs but still did all the Star Wars songs plus the uh, You'll Like This Big Ugly as well and I think you will too Mikey the uh, 41 Piece Orchestra um, came out and actually opened the show by doing a whole bunch of John Williams uh, oh, all kinds of stuff Raiders of the Lost awesome. Ark Superman oh, uh, Star Wars, they did Star like, Wars. Like, uh, like, that's, that's dope and they yeah. were great like yeah. to the point perfect that's dope. So CM Funk and I had a good time, and I'm gonna throw in some CM Funk a little bit later here. We're gonna talk about you know Extreme Rules, WWE, uh, the Attitude Era coming back, also uh, AEW, which is putting on their second free show tonight on Bleacher Report. Second free show in about a month. And then Evolve, which is working with the WWE Network too, which is an interesting thing we'll talk about. Yeah, so
1: I'm glad we're going to talk about that because I, I haven't understood what Evolve was. I was like, where did this like, come from? I never even heard of it. Evolve so. is a an independent promotion, uh, I guess
0: I would say sort of like MCW is. MCW working with Ring of Honor or Future of Honor, but Evolve is sort of like the step before NXT. Um, see I didn't
1: even know that existed you know, I literally thought people just went straight to NXT and then mm-mm. they ran this commercial and they started showing all these NXT guys and they started talking about Evolve and I'm just like what are they talking about I, yeah yeah. that's it okay. it's
0: sort of all an right. indie promotion on the okay. Uprise so okay. that's pretty cool all right.
1: Um, and we're going to talk about
0: that a little bit and uh, speaking of uh, any promotions on the Uprise um, tonight, I mean whenever you listen to this, tonight is July 13th so the Shane Shamrock Memorial Cup, the 19th edition MCW Pro Wrestling at the Joppa uh, MCW Arena, I'm going to be there podcasting with them with their 10th episode of their podcast, MCW Podcast and they're on uh, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter YouTube of course and MCWProWrestling.com this is like the Wrestlemania of MCW Pro Wrestling mm-hmm. uh, so getting dressed up in a suit and 90 Degree weather and going out there and doing my thing. Uh, So that's going to be a lot of fun. So check that out. And uh, hey, let's give a shout out real quick to Jam and Jason. Uh, Jam and Jay. He loves to come out. He loves to keep 205 alive. Uh, 205 Live is a portion of the WWE where they have lighter people, cruiserweights flying Uh around, jumping around. Um, He always claimed to try to keep them alive. (laughs) <laughs> because it's fun shows to watch on the network, but um, Jim Jason's out there hanging uh, with his family. Um, so many shout-outs to Jim. And is Deason. the two
2: hundred five that's that encompass the uh, Mexican wrestling as well, all the flying and the yeah. There's stuff definitely like
0: some uh, the Mexican type lucha in yeah. there. Yeah, and there's a whole different segment <laughs> of that world um, that we can talk about too. But yeah, uh, the lighter guys, the, the the cruiserweights, the flying around, the high flying, um, you know, jumping, leaping all around. So uh, two hundred five is still alive. As of right now, thank you, Jam and Jason, Uh, for
1: that. And uh, Cedric Alexander just making a big splash. Was it
0: really that big?
1: No. Okay. (laughs) Is he a small guy? I I wanted to get He's he's
0: a smaller guy, but here's something (laughs) that we're going to get into It was a weird choice. I love, (laughs) and we're going to get into how Raw and SmackDown are being written because there's some cool stuff happening in the writing. So the storyline, at the beginning of the show, Shane McMahon and Drew McIntyre are looking for a tag team partner for Roman Reigns because they get to pick his partner. Um, And all the way throughout the night, uh, they look at garbage people, janitors, whatever. And then they finally go into this guy who's working in the back who looks like he's got a gimp, uh, like he can't walk. And they're like, Yeah, you're perfect. You come out at that time and we'll pay you $5,000, but we're going to have to put a mask on you. And I'm like, Okay, so it's going to be somebody else. But we're going to have to put a mask on you because we don't want people to see who you are. So the guy comes out limping in a mask and he gets on the apron and he stands there for most of the match. But when he gets tagged into the match, then he starts going up and down, flipping back and forth. And it's funny, and it's like, You can see his hands and he's black. So there's not too many options as far as who you know could be on yeah. that main and roster. And well, as soon as he
1: did the first flip, you like, Cedric Alexander. Right. He did, he did some sort of process, process of elimination flip. of black people. <laughs> yeah.
0: And you knew who it was. And then at the, this is the end of the show, the end of a three-hour show. And then Roman Reigns pulls off his mask, and it's Cedric Alexander. But it was kind of like like anticlimactic kind of thing. Yeah, like That's mm. what
1: I said. Yeah, it was definitely a weird choice because there was nowhere to go from there. Right. And there was no mm. real reason, if you see what I'm saying, for Cedric Alexander. It was like what what does a guy from two oh five live have to do with anything that's going on in the main roster? Nothing. Nothing. <laughs> you know, it just made no sense.
2: What do you think this could have been like like a soft introduction to kind of um uh What's the word I'm looking for?
1: To like join the two, the two? Yeah, yeah, like
2: to kind of like a crossover between the two. I mean, like it could because
1: that was just just this past Monday, right? Yeah. I mean, I guess the question is, is they we would have to know if they follow it up with anything yeah. on mm. on Monday. But the issue is that Roman Reigns is moving along with the feud with the Undertaker, right. not Cedric Alexander, right? So it, and he's going to have absolutely nothing to do with the match right. of Extreme Rules, right? You wouldn't think, yeah. So like, um, I, I feel like that would have been to me that would have seemingly been like the, the the plot to to have is like for them to have picked somebody and actually have the undertaker come out a mask or something you know what i'm saying um, then it would have like made more sense but we could think about
0: it in terms of does it lead somewhere but we can also think about it in terms of now you've got two people writing or producing or writing both tv Eric Bischoff and Paul Heyman, between Raw and SmackDown, they really know, um, and I'll explain a little bit about this in a minute, but they really know how to write a television show. Mm-hmm. So if you want to start a show at 8 o'clock and finish at 11, to get people to watch the whole show, you need some kind of storyline, not only that's going you know, backwards and forwards a lot of different places, but you need a storyline in that show. So when you're watching at 8 o'clock, you want to finish watching it at 11. You know yeah. what I mean? So I think they know that portion of it. So that might be, hey, Cedric... You'll fit this role. This is what we want to write. It's not really going to go anywhere, but you'll get on TV and we'll pay you. And if we need you in the future, if you do a good job, we'll
1: we'll use you again. That could be very well it, what it I is. Mean, it,
0: yeah, it could be. You know, because I don't think, like you said, it's not going to go anywhere. Yeah,
1: I mean, I don't, I don't think it ruined it. You know, I no. mean, it was fun watching it because you knew you knew when they picked the guy that it wasn't going to be him that came out. Yeah, you know, it you knew be it was going, Yeah, you, you were <laughs> waiting to find out who who was going to like you know come out. So I mean, it was still fun. But it was fun, and uh, and and this is something we're going to talk about all the, through this podcast.
0: Several segments here. Um, Eric Bischoff. I don't know if you know that name. So he ran WCW way back in the day, mm-hmm. and then uh, when that company was bought out by WWE, um, he ended up going to work for Vince for the WWE, becoming uh, on air talent and backstage producer, creative. But he then so long since retired and went and did other television and media stuff. But he's got such a great mind for the business. Controversy Mm -hmm. Creates Cash is the book he wrote. So he's back in the mix. And Paul Heyman started out um, being the owner and writer and producer for Extreme Championship Wrestling, which was in Philadelphia back in the mid-90s. Yeah, ECW. Um, Which, coincidentally, Extreme Rules pay-per-view is in Philadelphia tomorrow night. Um,
2: Pay-per-view is still a thing.
0: It's still called a pay-per-view and I but, think they'd still have pay-per-view providers yeah, uh, yeah. but um, most of this goes through the WWE network now. Okay. So they have their own streaming That's what service. I was wondering. But they do yeah. still do call those mm. shows those those you know major shows once
1: every month or so sure. pay-per-view. I mean cuz at the end of the day you still do have to pay for it. like even if you're paying for the network yeah. you know you're yeah. you may not be paying that 59.99 but you're still paying to see it. 9.99 Yeah. Uh and well, well the first month is <laughs> free. For new subscribers, yep. so if you go to
0: www.network.com, mm. you can sign up. It's a lot of good content. It's great stuff. You need 12
2: friends, right? In each month, <laughs> <laughs> the- <laughs> I just need
0: 12 That's friends. That's all. Yeah. <laughs> That's all you need. 12 friends. We need 12 <laughs> friends, um, and so yeah, we're just gonna. there's a lot of changes, but we're gonna talk about a lot of that stuff. Yeah. Big ugly. We just passed the Fourth of July, so it is the yeah. holiday season. Uh, so happy Fourth of July, Matt Temby! In a great interview that you did with Matt Temby, told Thank us how you. we can get through uh, some of that with the summer, especially. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, I I apparently fell off the wagon. My good cholesterol is down. My bad cholesterol yeah. is up, just by a couple points. But that's what happens. Mm-hmm. And then you work it out. You know, you get back, and uh, you know, it's the swing of things in September, and then you get holiday season all over again. I my my, my, my bikini line ain't working <laughs> right now. I don't I don't know if we know about that. Um. We're going to talk about more things as well. Let's uh, jump in here. Mike, you uh, yep. came all the way down here. We appreciate you. I got a little flyer in front of you, but you know all about that. Um, I sure do. We are uh, members of the Chorus of the Chesapeake Big Ugly. we always looking for uh, good m- male and female voices now, but you know we need men of note. and. Yes. uh You know, I am not that (laughs) mad. You you never know. But, um, yeah, tell us a little bit about, because this has been your, uh, you've been in there a lot longer than I have. I just reached my, this is three years I'm getting, but how long have you been in? 17. 17 years, Big Ugly. Wow, that's crazy. That's a long time. So talk about the course of the Chesapeake a little bit, you know, how you got into it, what you do. I know we gave a sample of this when you uh, talked to me on the phone, but go ahead. Yeah.
2: Well, okay, so to reiterate, I what we talked about on the phone earlier, I started singing in New Jersey where I was born and raised with yeah. my dad. And New Jersey, um, represent yeah, and that was course in the Atlantic. And uh, <clears throat> then for I got a job and the job moved me down here. And growing up, whenever we would go to contests, I would always hear a chorus of course at the Chesapeake Chesapeake sing because we're in the same division, the mm-hmm. same district. And I'd always wanted to be a part of this chorus. So when I found out I was moving down here I got excited, not like, not like a kid on Christmas that believes in Santa Claus, mm. but like, like a teenage kid on his birthday who's thinking he's about to get some. <laughs> wow! <laughs> All right. I like that analogy. Right? <laughs> i was like, oh my god, I'm gonna sing with these guys. So. <laughs> I uh, First, I called, up, I called up the contact number, and it was a, a former member who has since passed, and his wife picked up the phone. Mm. And she was like, hello, <laughs> who do you want? I was like, I'm, mm. I want to know about the chorus. Hold on! And she gives it to the husband, and we we're co- coordinated, and so I started singing with them. Mm. And uh, two years after I started singing with them, we went to International in nice. Toronto. And uh, wow. that was awesome. We sang at the Horizon Arena. Okay. In Toronto, I think that's what it is, and it was like you know, thousands of people. It that's was
1: so cool, man. Cool, so that's cool. cool. So, like, what are you guys? Yeah. What are you guys singing there? Like, what are you
2: guys? Um, so it's it, um, <clears throat> for those who don't know, barbershop, or the listeners who don't know, it's four part harmony, mm-hmm. and the way it's constructed, the um, a barbershop chord is um, four part chord, with I think it's a minor seventh, um, and you need a certain number of those chords in a composition to make it. A barb qualifies a barbershop um, uh, sound. Yeah. So um, we sing ballads, up We sing. Uh, we did a Beatles package last year when yeah, we sang our Beatles songs. Nice. Yeah, it was pretty, yeah. pretty
0: cool. And we do a lot of patriotic songs. Lots of well. patriotic stuff. Lots of uh, old school barbershoppy kind of. Yeah. Um, you know, uh, Hello Mary Lou and. Um, uh, Creole Cutie, you know, there's a lot of these, uh, old school things with, um, yeah, it's just, we, we sing a whole bunch of different stuff. Yeah,
2: everything from vaudeville all the way up to today. All the way up to even today. modern stuff. You yeah, know, even as modern. a matter of fact, the, uh, 2018 Chorus Champions did a cover of AHA's Take on Me, and holy crap, mm. that was goosebumps yeah. every time. It, it's really, really awesome stuff, so
0: it's a lot of fun. There's a lot of uh, there's a lot of fellowship, a lot of brotherhood, yeah. and um, just recently, you know, it, it's uh, the. Barbershop Harmony Society, BHS, I believe it's called, mm-hmm. um, has allowed. You know there are now women that are involved because it was kind of strategically towards men. There's definitely women singing groups and women quartets out there, but the the chorus of Chesapeake in our district and our division all men. But there are women that are out, so it's you know we're gender equality, right. um, and we'll find a place for you in, in some chorus and somewhere if you want to make yeah. a, you want to be in a chorus, mm-hmm. you want to be in a quartet, whatever, we'll find a place for you.
2: Um, it's so cool singing in a quartet and then when all the chords lock. And the amplification happens, and it's just, it, it's, <laughs> I'm not going to say what I was just about to say. You could. It's uh, episode 69. Well, the, the <laughs> cords explode in your face, and the, you're like, whoa! You <laughs> it's, it's really awesome. It's dirty, and it's, it's ugly, really so awesome.
0: It's really awesome, It's fine, yeah, and it's yeah. great, um, and we are... You know, We also get to sing uh, the national anthems at yep. the uh, Baltimore Orioles games. Every year
2: we sing at Camden Yards. Mm-hmm.
0: And uh, normally we play against Toronto when we do that, so we get to sing the Canadian and the American national yep. anthem. So a lot of patriotic stuff. And we do a lot of sing-outs, a lot of different places, a lot of holiday-themed mm-hmm. shows. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, we do competitions as well. So we, we get up to the division level, the district level. We... we like to compete and put ourselves out yep. there and see what happens and it's nice little travel trips we go to Reading, Pennsylvania yeah. um, gone a lot of different places so uh, Mikey tell us how um, we can find you and also how we can find the course of the
2: Chesapeake and how you can find us alright so to find me what you gotta do is hire a Sherpa <laughs> uh, pack provisions awesome uh, and maybe an ice pick axe uh, a couple of things no I'm on I'm on Facebook Michael Malillo. um I don't use it for Spell well, uh, M-I-L-I-L-L-O. There you go. One L, insane. then two Ls. That's right. M-I-L-I-L-L-O. Yep. Got it. And that's my Facebook page. I don't really use Twitter or Instagram much. It's just pictures of my French bulldog, Goober, on there. You
0: can see him Funk will get along very well. Yeah. <laughs>
2: it's just her being a dope. And um, I use Facebook for fun. I don't use it for much personal gotcha. thing. So. That's how you find me,
0: and that's how, and you can also find the course of the Chesapeake in a lot oh, yeah. of different places. Dundalk.org is the website where you yep. can get all the you know the information about yep. that, and then you could come down to the Dundalk Government Center, which yep. is on the corner of I believe Merritt Boulevard and I want to say it's Wise Avenue. Yep.
2: Marin um, Boulevard, West Point Government Center. West Point Government Center, <coughs> yeah. In Dundalk. I think uh, if you look it up on Google, it's Precinct 12 because the police station is yeah. right there. So don't do anything shady when you pull into the lot. Yeah,
0: it's pretty safe. It's a nice area. Yeah. And uh, from what I just understand, we like to get different venues at different times to practice and rehearse. So I think we're actually going to have a, some rehearsals in a place near the Heritage Fair uh, stopping grounds. Oh, yeah. Um, Dunman Way down in Dundalk, which is an air-conditioned facility. Thank God. Loved practicing in there. We didn't get to perform too much because it did rain on us that one night. But we still we sang out there in the rain. And there's people under a tent, and the people behind us getting ready to sing for Cold Gin, which is the (laughs) Kiss tribute band. And we sang for them a couple songs. That's
2: awesome. We had a good time. That's always fun. Yeah, and I,
0: you know, you called me that night, Mike. I did, and I did not pick up the phone right away because all this madness was going on. But I did try to call you back, and you did not pick up the phone.
2: Right, because I don't like you. What? You called me! I mean, you're not like me, but you called me. He
0: decided that after you didn't answer the phone. That's right. I was like, I am not right. ghost you, sir. You know what?
2: I don't even need him anymore. Mm-hmm. I threw the phone out of my car window. Trying to, I was going
0: trying to you know, get in a text message and to let you know, hey, man, something's going on with the power
2: here and everything. But, <laughs> no, I had called. I was on the way back from work. Um, I work in D.C. <coughs> Excuse me. If you know anybody's familiar with the metropolitan area, mm-hmm. when there's a little drop of rain, people lose their shit and they don't know how to drive. Yeah, so,
1: it is It is the truth. This yeah. is the yeah. worst
0: state and city uh, for drivers, period. Except yep. not me anymore. I got the State Farm thing in my car, Drive Safe and Safe. And you see those commercials where a ba- woman's having a baby <laughs> and she's like,
2: don't mess with my discount.
0: Yeah, that's me. That's um, you? Uh, that's me. I'm not having a baby. I'm not a woman. But it's You, you got to gotten- go to the bathroom?
2: Sometimes. Really bad. Like, don't mess miss my discount.
0: Yeah. I mean, you know, sometimes you got to go. You just got to <laughs> hold it. Or, Give me a shopping bag. Uh, but so far, you know, it works up with your app on the phone. It's pretty good. I'm a, I'm a pretty good driver according to this that's thing. That's cool. So uh,
2: Now, I don't use that for a very specific reason, and that's I love the speed.
0: Okay. Okay fair man. enough so if there's All any right. police
2: officers listening please
0: just honest. let me <laughs> he's very honest let me go and if, you, if you listen also to the uh, the little appetizer we did this guy's like uh fully go ahead and explain you, you this is not uh you know uncommon knowledge like can we talk about you have clearance for something oh, yeah, yeah. like you're the man <laughs> like He's in the inside no, of everything.
2: It's awesome, dude. So uh, I work in foreign military sales. It's the official title of security assistance. Yeah. And I've he's a military arms
0: dealer, is what he is.
2: Pretty much, I I'm like Iron. Right. Man. Right. I remember
1: I was super hyped about this. <laughs> totally I know. I, I was you. like, oh shoot, Lord of War. Like he's a Nicholas Cage. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I've been it's working with like, him for three years <laughs> and I do not even know this much. But go
0: ahead.
2: Yeah, man. It's like I'm Iron Man without the money because I work for the government. <laughs>
1: <laughs>
2: that awesome. yeah, yeah, man. So um, it, uh, I'm tasked with the responsibility of providing military equipment and platforms to our allies um, and facilitating the procuring and contracting and training processes. And all nah, that goes. So man, that, that
1: is dope. How would you even fall into that? Like, what, I got what?
2: lucky. <laughs> okay. I got really lucky. Okay. So, like, yeah. I graduated college. I wanted to be a child psychologist. Okay. Okay. <laughs> yeah, see, <laughs> one extreme to the other. <laughs> Story time, children. Yeah, so, like, I, I graduated and I started working in that field. And one day, something happened um, where I laughed out loud in a session um, at something that happened to this kid. Um <clears throat> Not to him in his personal life, but okay. Go ahead. Okay, we're in this session, group session with the kids. And we're like, hey, let's have an arts and crafts project. Kid goes, okay, boom. He runs outside. I'm like, we got a runner. So we go out and chase him. Because right on the outside of the building is the main road, Highway 35. Yeah. Right? So I'm like, he's going to get hit. And I don't want to bring back a dead kid to this kid's parents' house. So he rails out. He stops and he grabs a handful of rocks. I was like, what are you doing, man? I like rocks. So cool. He brings them back in, puts them on this construction paper, slathers it all with glue, slathers uh, uh, sprinkles, uh, uh glitter on top, <clears throat> right? And he picks up the construction paper before everything is dried. He like, look what I made. And he goes, splat. <laughs> <laughs> and that was the funniest stint I've seen in my life up to that point. And I blurted out laughing. I was like, I can't. I don't belong in this. <laughs> <point>. <laughs> I am too much of a dick to be here. So I applied for an internship with the army, and they put me in as a stock boy. And then midway through that internship, they're like, "No, you go, you go to FMS, Foreign Military Sales." Here I am, man. Wow. Twelve years later, in my thirteenth year.
1: Wow. So when so you can actually so the army actually takes people that are civilians. Like you can actually apply for jobs as a civilian. Yeah, go oh, to okay. civilian. Cool. Yep. Cool. That yeah.
0: is cool. Yeah, yeah. That's so, dope, man. So, yeah. you know, yeah. we know who to mess, not mess with, you know, I should say, with this guy. But it's good to have him on our side. <laughs> you know, it's good yeah. to have him on our podcast, yeah, on our now. side. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I don't know if we have any major wars coming up, but, uh, you know, he, he can take care of things. So, thank you for sharing that, Mikey. <laughs> no, that welcome, is a great man. story, isn't it?
2: It's yeah. cool. Dude, it's it's, it's let me see the yeah. world and get paid for it and come back with amazing.
1: All right. So, what countries have you been to?
2: <laughs> All right. Um, I've been to, most recently, Saudi Arabia. mm uh, we talked
0: about that on the podcast a couple times. <laughs> WWE. Yeah.
2: Oh, they're going to Saudi. They
1: did. They went to Saudi. Yeah. Get out of here. A yeah. couple times, dude. two times now. Yo, yeah.
2: Riyadh is nuts. <laughs> Absolutely where they bonkers, dude. So I we fly in. I I, I arrive at King Solomon Salman Airport. I know I mispronounced it. Freaking marble tile, everything. There's mount, There's like this humongous fountain in the airport. Shit's going crazy. Everyone's like. <laughs> And I get out, and uh, we get into our convoy to get to uh, the compound where we're staying at. And um, the law over there is if there's somebody behind you driving, um, you don't have to worry about them. You just do you. Whatever's in front of you is what you got to concern yourself about. So that includes changing lanes and stopping on a dime or not. So we're driving, and uh, we're in an armored, like, an up-armored truck. And this SUV, I think it's like an infinity SUV, comes from the left lane, does the jersey slide four lanes over, and slams <laughs> on its brakes right in front of us. And I was like, oh, it's about to go down. <laughs> I'm not going to make it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and dude, Saudi is awesome. Crazy. That's cool, man. Crazy. That's, that's cool. Yeah. Yeah, but, yeah. yeah, so Saudi, uh, Jordan, Kazakhstan, mm. Uruguay, Costa Rica all around. Yeah, so
1: what's all your around. favorite place you mentioned? The Germany. Mansion 2.0 Germany. Germany? Germany? Okay. Yeah. yeah. Down
2: in Garmisch, 2 hours south of Munich. Place is dope. Like it's fresh air, clean air, mountains are everywhere. It's the 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 Black Forest or Bavaria and you have the the German Alps are right there. Yeah. The Zugspitze, which is the tallest mountain in Germany is right there. You could go up there and get altitude sickness and then come back down and be okay. And, like, the food was amazing,
1: too. I can imagine. Man. All right, I'm not going to hold on. I could talk about this stuff all day. We're good. Sorry <laughs> we to four. listen
2: listeners if I bored you no, guys. We got <laughs> tangents. Uh, yeah. Notice
1: this is
0: interesting stuff. Because, yeah. you know, Mike Malillo is going to be here with me and the Big Ugly, and we're going to talk about more things. We're going to talk about <laughs> wrestling, extreme rules, attitude era coming back. You said you're the Iron Man without the money? Yeah. <laughs> is that what you meant? Uh, yeah. It's a strange tangent. I got a chance to see Spider-Man Far From Home this week. Dope. Did you see it? Sure did. Did you see it? I did see it. Okay, we need to talk about this real quick because right. the couple people that I talked to so far did not see it yet. Hey, spoiler alert! We're going to talk about this movie. So um, if you have Prepare not yourself. seen uh, Spider-Man: Far From Home yet, I'd say give us about ten minutes, fast forward through the conversation, yeah. and then come back and listen to us talk some more. But all right, let's um, let's start with the star system and then let's talk about it. How many stars out of five do you give this movie, Mike? Man, uh, four. Four out of five. Four. Big Ugly, I know you're always in the three and three and a half range. Yeah.
1: I'm glad you already know because I was going with the
0: three and a half. <laughs> okay. I was contemplating that, yeah, but I did. I was going with the three and a half. I want to yeah. know where the half comes from, but I'm, okay. I'm in the four range with Mikey. Genetics. I'm- it could be genetics. You never know. But um, all, overall, it was a very entertaining movie. Uh, yeah. I think it was well-timed out. Um, let's start with our guest, uh, Mikey Melillo. Um, So tell, tell us your, your visions of the movie. How, what did you enjoy? What did you do not enjoy? Yeah. Go ahead. So
2: I thought it, I, I enjoyed the plot line overall. I enjoyed the movie <clears> overall. But there are certain little things that I didn't really, I guess, enjoy. So like when uh, – Peter Parker gives the glasses so free, so willingly to Mysterio. Yeah. Yeah. I was yeah. like, "What are you doing? Yeah. You know what power those glasses have. Stop being a little bitch and like trying to pass off the responsibility. It's in your name. With great power comes great responsibility. Like, yeah. what are you doing? You are made for that. And, um, and the fact
0: that they came from Tony Stark, and Tony Stark is now." Um, passed on, deceased at this point in time. And and the fact that this is, yeah, and it's such a little, you know, oh, I just want to go on a field trip with my friends, but I don't want to deal with this. Yeah, that seemed to further the story of the movie, but wow, that was...
2: I think think Tom Holland, or not, I don't want to put the blame on Tom Holland, but I think whoever wrote the script and whoever directed, I think they tried to make Tom Holland more of a teenager and less... Able to handle the responsibility of Stark Industries sure. and what those glasses have, and they just kind of projected it that way. But overall, I think that was kind of detrimental to the overall plotline. Um, until obviously he was forced into the position sure. to develop and had to do it when there was no choice.
1: Yeah, right. Go I, ahead, Miguel. I agree with you. I think that I think that that was the intention. It was yeah. to show us that hey, he's still a teenager. Mm-hmm. I feel like the problem is that we've experienced too much of Spider-Man with the adults. Sure. So we expect him to make better decisions. Mm. You know what I'm saying? So so it's like I understand what they were trying to do, but it's like they also got to understand that as viewers, the first movie we ever saw Spider-Man in, he was fighting the Avengers right. Right? with Tony Stark. Even his solo movie, Tony Stark is coaching him, and then we see him again in Avengers, uh, you know, Infinity Wars, Mm -hmm. you know, where he's he's with you know Tony Stark in Avengers again, and you know it's kind of like he has to be like uh, a big boy, an adult, you know what I'm saying, and so. You put him back in this environment, and you're like, really? You just give away the glasses right. to a guy that you just met? <laughs> right, right. You know, you guys fought together twice, and you're like, oh, here's all the power in the world. <laughs> yeah, and <laughs> and you don't even make Consult with right. Nick Fury yeah. or anybody about what he's going to do. Yeah. Just, hey, here you go. Right. We're exactly. having a drink in a exactly. bar. Exactly. Yeah. You know, it's like, um, you know, Tony Stark, you know, pretty much an item as an Avenger. Like, he knows that the Avengers have always dealt with Nick Fury, and it's like, you just give away the glasses. You know, it's... Right. Just, yeah, it just didn't really... It, it does kind of, like, put a damper on it. But I thought it was overall entertaining. Um, I give it a three and a half because, I don't know, man, something about the solo Spider-Man movies have not been... They've not been doing it for me like the Captain America movies or the even the Thor movies or, like, Iron Man. It's like, they've been entertaining and I've enjoyed them, but I don't know. And I love Mysterio. I love Jake Gyllenhaal. I thought mm. it was great. He did a good job. Yeah. Um, I, I don't know. Maybe, maybe I'm. Maybe I think there may be a Spider-Man villain that I want to see that I just haven't seen yet. Maybe if they do Venom for the next one, I'll be yeah. like, yes, finally. Yeah. You know. Um. But you know, between the funny thing is the, the two guys that played the villains, whether you got Michael Keaton or Jake Gyllenhaal, they did fantastic. Yeah. yeah. But maybe they just weren't the villains that I'm ready to see for Spider-Man to to take on. You know, maybe I need yeah. to see a Green Goblin again or something. You know. Heck so. yeah.
0: Yeah. why not that, that yeah. would uh, take the story further on because you know they obviously set up at the end um, at the end of, and we'll jump back and forth between the movie but they set up at the end of the movie when uh, they showed very quickly the dude that was working for Mysterio downloaded that file and took oh, it with yeah. him and then as he's you know taking MJ around the city and then throw up on the screen boom there it is Spider-Man's now a heel and Spider Man's real name is Peter Parker, so he's out on Front Street now. So
1: yeah, that is interesting. And I'm now I'm very excited to see the see? next Spider Man. Yeah, that's going to change the whole dynamic of. Yeah,
0: yeah. Because now what does he yeah. do? I mean, he's a, he's he's out in the world, right? Because it's like not only Parker did he, right, he
1: he Tony Stark them, but then turned them into a villain at the same time. <laughs> yeah. So it was yeah,
0: so that was um, that was pretty yeah. cool. Um, I, I I love the the fact that Tony Stark is tied into this whole thing, um, pretty much in the whole movie. You know, of course, Iron Man character is theoretically dead, but now they have obviously said there's plenty of multiverses. Actually, they pinpoint said it in this movie that there's multiverses out there. So, well,
1: I mean, I think you're supposed to think Mysterio was lying, so we don't really yeah, know I yet. So. but you don't yeah. know. You we don't, don't know because you know the yeah, worlds we, that
0: Mysterio created in yeah. this whole thing. You just oh, so cool, you never right. know? Yeah.
2: But do you think they'll do, in future movies, what they did in the last Avengers, is they kind of go through a wormhole, they time travel, they correct something, so maybe they'll go back, and now Iron Man is alive yeah, again?
1: Yeah, I think so. I mean, I think that was the whole point of introducing it. Right? I think, I think it <laughs> just was, so like, they can give think, themselves right, out. Exactly. It's like, I think they saw all these contracts coming to an end, they're like, okay, we gotta end, you know, Tony Stark and, you know, uh, what's it guy, Chris Evans, you know, yeah. want oh, out yeah. of Captain America. But it's like... Just in case, Just in six case. years from now, they're like, "We'll do another movie." It's like, "All right, time travel," you know? Right. right. Yeah. So Just so yeah. they can tie yeah. it all together. Right. Exactly. Yeah.
0: Um, I love uh, Edith, even dead, I'm the hero. I love yeah. that the little the name. That for was glasses. really awesome. Um, that that was pretty cool. I love um, how they explained uh, what had happened. The blip is now what it's being called. Oh yeah. Um, I don't know. It seemed like a really simple way to explain eight hours of movies that just came but but it's okay the blip so how yeah. does okay well, where everybody's playing in the high school gym and half of them disappear and then half
1: of them reappear and they all crash into each other yeah, yeah I, I thought they did really good to explain that and got it out the way I'm glad they actually took yeah. the you, time to explain you know it. what I thought about though what happened if you were in a plane and you blip, Yo. or if you were like on the boats and like you remember on oh, the, on, on Infinity War when they showed like all the boats in the harbor it's like what if you were on one of the boats what? you <laughs> know what <laughs> I, I never
2: even thought about <laughs> yeah, that if yeah. you're on a plane and the pilot blips and you're the one that doesn't right yeah <laughs>
1: Right, so it's like when that pilot comes back, where is he at?
0: Like, <laughs> yeah. and that's where they can also go with stories because you never know what could happen with this blip. They can they can really open that up. But and, you know, it was a fun movie. I like the fact that uh, there was some twists and turns in the middle of the movie. Jake Jon you know, Jake Hall turned heel. You know, um, all of this was just an illusion, and now he's fighting illusions. He's fighting the real thing. You never know. Um, but it was a, a cool little story. Him, him and MJ, that nice little dynamic there. Plus his friend and the other girl who had a whole relationship oh, yeah. the span of the movie, which was, yeah. you know, just on a little... You know,
1: you know what I think is hard for me too with Spider-Man is that I think I've gotten so used to the villains and the people that these heroes are going up against being like out of this world powerful now. Yeah. You know, with the people they're facing that like Spider-Man brings it all, you know, ironically home, right? And it's like most of the villains are just regular people Trying to do some shady stuff. Mm-hmm. You know what yeah. I'm saying? So, it starts to seem like small scale to like, you know, you're fighting Thanos. You know what right. I'm saying? Like, it's like... It's like yeah. yeah, you know, so... Yeah. It's, it's up and down,
0: But I tell you, it was fun to see another Marvel movie. We got more coming. I'm sure we do. Um, and we will definitely... I, I'm going to just segment one more thing. Just a tangent here. We've got... And if you can listen to this now. Spoilers are over for right now. Well, actually, no. We're going to get rid of one more spoiler here. Stranger Things. Let's just get that out of the way since we're in this genre of talking about entertainment. And then we'll take a break and come back and talk about wrestling. Yes. Okay? Because that's what we do. Dirty, Ugly Wrestling Podcast. Uh, we are on iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher, TuneIn Radio, still on MySpace. And if you throw it into Google, Dirty Ugly Wrestling Podcast, there's like 10 other ways to We're coming you can listen up all over, us. Place, all over the place. It's all over the place. Exactly. And we're going to be expanding. We're going to do that soon. All right, Stranger Things. We talked about this a little bit offline. I have watched the entire season three. Big Ugly, you have watched the entire season three. Yes. Mikey, you know of people who have seen it, so you are familiar with the show. <laughs> yeah. uh, so feel free to jump in with anything <clears> here. <throat> Um, yeah. Spoiler alert, we're going to talk about Stranger Things 3, and then in five minutes, you know, five or ten minutes we'll be done. So, okay, let's go to the star system real quick. Big Ugly, out of five stars, how many stars are Stranger Things Season 3 as a whole? Why break the mold. Three, three and, and a half, half. okay. <laughs> <laughs> and i I got to go between four and four and a half,
1: maybe even yeah. 4.25 at this point in time. Because, see, I will say Season 2 I would have given... Four, four out of five stars. I'm sure you would have. Yeah. Season two, I would have given four out of five yeah. yeah. Okay. And season one.
0: Season one, I think, was... That's up there, too. Yeah, definitely. Probably. Yeah, four, yeah. But to, uh, explain, how did you enjoy the series? What was the three and a half, four? And what are you
1: looking forward to season four of Stranger right. Things? And then we're going to talk about yeah. possible stuff. Go ahead. So, the first season of Stranger Things, I think I would have given a perfect. But funny thing is, I actually enjoyed the second season the most. So, this third season, I feel like... Um, I thought it was good, mm-hmm. all the characters coming back, I thought that, um, you know, seeing like the kids growing up a bit and how they try to incorporate that in the story yeah. where you got Will who kind of is like that kid that like doesn't want anything to change where the other ones are like in the girls now and they're like, that's all they care about. Sure. Um, I thought it was good. Um, <clears throat> of course, Will wasn't being possessed by demons this
0: time, and yes. Will got was given a little bit of a break this time. Yes, exactly. He got messed up in the first right. two seasons. Like <sighs> they messed with this kid. Big
1: so <sighs> I think all of the chemistry and everything that we've seen was great. I love the addition of the the Russian guy that that was a. Uh, the scientist that was, like, with Hopper and everyone. Yes. Like, he was good. I, I enjoyed his character art, you know. Um, and so, however short-lived it was. but Well, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but, um, so, my, my issue, and I think why I give this a three and a half, is that um, I feel like it's starting to repeat a little bit. Like, I feel like this season was very similar to season two. And that this next season, I think they really have to change the way that it's going. And I... They've kind of restarted that by the end of it, but oh yeah, but um, but you know, it was like what happens in the first one. You got you know Will who gets possessed again, yeah, right. You've got all of these different like they're kind of all split up, and by the end of it, they kind of all come together to sure. solve the issue. And you kind of had that with this one where you know you have got uh, what's the what's the boy that that We all like now that uh used to be with Nancy, uh, Steve. Steve, you got Steve, and you've got Scoops
0: a <laughs> Holy, Steve. yeah,
1: yeah. You got Steve and the new girl and Dustin doing their thing. You've got Nancy off with uh, jo- uh Jonathan, yes, Jonathan. So they're all split up and they're all kind of like solving this whole thing, and then they come back together. And then, of course, Billy this time was the one possessed oh, instead of Will. What a great heel, you know. He yeah, was, a yeah, dick he was, in yeah, season yeah, exactly. two, so, so what a great that heel. makes him a better, a better one than Will because he already was a dick, right? So it's like, yeah.
0: And people already <coughs> dis- disliked this character, so you ah. bring him back in this time, and now he's like the central focal point. When when uh, when the eye opens, he's like suppressing all the evil, the Demogorgons, or whatever. And so he's the man. And he was a yeah. uh, oh man, they yeah. tried to put him in a sauna right. and 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 uh, sweat him out. Oh my
1: yeah. god! And all right, so the other thing is that I felt like L. El- I felt like in in the first two movies, mm-hmm. in the first I said movies, the first two seasons. <laughs> well, they kind of were. Yeah, they kind of yeah. In the first two season, I always felt like L was like the answer to the problem. Okay, I felt like they pushed her to the background in this season, and I don't know if I care for that as much because they, like she she loses like it wasn't even her that ends up solving the issue. At the end, it was like Hopper and it was Hopper the and the mother. L- yeah. You know, it's like, and she ends up losing her power after taking that thing out of her lane. She was, like, out the game after that, yeah. you know, where usually Elle is, like, the one that she had to close the gap, or she had to, like, send the other thing into the next dimension, you know. Um, so, I don't really know if I like that change, which is yeah. funny, because I was just talking about how... They're repeating it, but they're I mean, they, repeating it they right. They should have repeated that. Was that. The same thing.
2: So yeah, 11, They were
0: given something other than eleven, like finishing a job, you know. Yeah. But she still had the powers, and she was still helping out where she could. But then she got kind of, you know, put on the disabled list by having that thing in her leg, um, you know. So she wasn't, you know, she was trying, but she didn't really have the yeah. power. Even at the end, when they were showing them all moving, which is. You know, finally, I don't think I would stick around in this town long enough to see three seasons of this. I would be like, the first time I would see some kind of supernatural activity, I'd be getting a, a yeah. out of there. All right, and
1: um, I think, all right, speaking of, I'm so glad you go said Go ahead. That, the last thing that I have, and now I want to hear from you. Uh, yeah, So, the other, the last thing I would say is that I think they were asking me to suspend disbelief a little too much when it came to the whole Russian thing. Building an entire mall and an underground tunnel way. Underneath this small town place to start opening up this thing, it's like really no nobody saw this. Like no, you know what I'm saying? Like nobody caught on. <laughs> After you already had two seasons of this going on, right? You already had two seasons of like all hell breaking out in this small town, yep. and then the Russians just come in and do all of this. Like, and what they built was sophisticated. Like mm-hmm. in one year, it was just like all right, it's it's a little too much. Well, remember this is the mid '80s.
0: So Russia had a conflict there with the with the US. It's a cold war. It's a cold yeah. war. Um, very rocky five for I should say. Yeah, I'm sorry. Absolutely. Um, absolutely. So still in a cold war. Plus I did like the mall Star Court. Um, it had Sam Goody. It had the original Great oh, Cookie. cookie. Oh, yeah. Sam, yeah. Goody. Sam Goody yeah. yes. got it, man. Yeah. Man. So it was yeah, so retro you. 80s, and even even Dustin was wearing a weird Al Yankovic in 3D shirt, which uh, surprisingly enough, last night at the concert, they were selling that shirt because they have remade that shirt again and they made a mint on it they sold out because like as worn yeah. by dustin stranger things so, <laughs> yeah. so anyway yeah stranger uh, things so good at bringing back that 80s nostalgia like, it's, it's yeah. fantastic yeah, it's 80s nostalgia the music uh and the site you know the, the product placement all this other good stuff uh you know even new coke they they went in to talk about new coke a lot in, in this thing i'm like yeah new coke Th- i hated it it was terrible <laughs>
1: but it, they talked about it. oh man well i mean was it like a diet
0: no, oh. it, it didn't New Coke, they tried to bring it back a couple of times. It just did not taste did, like it soda. It didn't taste like okay. Mm. All right. No, it not even coke. It just didn't really taste like soda to yeah. me. It just was very bland. It had nothing. Yeah. I mean, to me it took like nothing.
2: Do you guys it, remember Crystal Pepsi?
0: Yeah, yes.
1: No. Oh, no? Yeah, so I no. So for a while they Pepsi tried made clear it. Coke clear Coke too, clear point, Pepsi. But
0: Crystal Pepsi actually mined. Effed me, because it actually (laughs) tasted pretty good, but it looks like seltzer water, and it's like, when you drink it's like, I'm drinking water. No, I'm really drinking soda. Ah, it's messing with my mind. (laughs) It's So, it is, but it's not. There's no Lyman or anything in it, but, you know, Crystal, did you like Crystal Pepsi, Mike? No. Okay.
2: Not at all. I I couldn't get past
0: the mind. I think it was alright, but I couldn't get past the mind. But once Pepsi Max came out, which is now mm -hmm. Pepsi Zero, that's my stuff. Right there. And Coke Zero, too, of course, because we're sponsored by Coke Zero. Right here in the Mansion
2: 2.0. Oh, I'm sorry, Coke. I didn't mean to... Uh,
0: shake it off. We, um, we get paid the same by all these shake. people.
2: <laughs> <laughs>
0: nothing. Yeah. Half of nothing is still yeah. nothing.
2: Oh, then. Whatever. Fine.
0: It's the Hulu of... uh <laughs> anyway, but Anyway. Uh, so, Stranger Things. I must, I'm going to give it to the 4 to 4.5. Because, just because this is one of the uh, seasons that I binged that I really could not stop. Like I, they, I didn't care... Luckily, I had a little break in my action in the past couple of months, so I did not stop. Um, And when it was done, I wanted more. (laughs) And I knew it was coming back for more, but I I did enjoy the story. Eleven, yeah, she had a little less of a focal point, but again, changing it up a little bit. Um, I liked the dynamic from Hopper and uh, the mom, Winona Ryder. I liked all that. Dustin had his little girlfriend, which at the beginning when he started talking about that, he started talking about it like it was fake, like he was creating a fake girlfriend. But then... The girlfriend's actually real, and they talk on the radio, and they sing the never-ending story song. (laughs) Come on now. That's awesome. Like, all of this backtracking the 80s. How (laughs)
2: terrible. If I was telling you guys I got a girlfriend, and you don't believe me, I'm like, guys, she's a real person. That's what it was. Yeah, that's what it was.
1: Yeah, (laughs) yeah, that's what it was. Yeah. Dustin was talking about her like that, and they had little pet names for each other. The one thing I felt like they didn't explain this season, he didn't have his teeth. You remember? That was, what? like, a big thing in second season. It mm-hmm. was the new teeth, and he kept making that, like, purring noise, and he was like, stop doing that. Yeah. But, like, in this season, they brought it, like, when he came back, like, he didn't have his teeth, but they never, like, addressed it. But that he's was, a like, kid. He is a kid. With teeth. Well, he has, he has really clito-cranial disorder. Like it's that. like a okay. It's like the real disorder in real life that, like, prevents people from, like, being able to grow their teeth in correctly. Oh. So, in the second season, they gave him, like, teeth, and they made a big big deal about oh, it in yeah. the show. You know what I'm saying? But in this... Season they brought him back without they it. They just took it away. Yeah,
2: He pissed off one too many producers. <laughs> you, <laughs> you know what? <laughs> give me that We're going to just have
0: you come out and diss <laughs> yeah. your and all that. Just yeah. talk about that. <laughs> yeah. um, but uh, anyway, uh, good season. Steve, you know, got his at, at, at the end. Um, it's not
1: Star Study. Billy. Billy got
0: his at yeah. the end. A,
1: um, I mean, he had a little redemptive arc, you know, where yeah. L brought it out of him, and then that was he, like, nice, you know, because he kind of yeah,
0: because yeah, he kind of turned back a little bit, face towards the end. He kind of did that in the end of season two as well. He was a dick the whole season, but he kind of helped out the group a little bit at the end of season two. Just a maybe, I would say a little bit. Yeah. What do you think? Well,
1: I think I mean I think his sister threatened to hit but, him with the hammer in, yes. his, in his nuts. So well, that, that that'll turn anybody's face. That right. Yeah. But this examen. was a little bit more genuine when yeah. he was about to die, and he you know. <laughs> right. There what was time to
0: be
2: genuine.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, yeah. But. The, and the whole mall got destroyed and there's a whole underground thing and the sister the little sister Erica she was pretty cool I like oh that, yeah
1: the, good addition good yeah, addition giving her more lives yeah and
0: yes. uh, you know how she yeah. you know, wants her world of ice cream yeah for, for helping out which is yeah. good and the scoops away thing that's a whole Baskin Robbins promotion right now the scoops away the stranger things ice cream yeah it's, it's just real good stuff yeah. all right so we'll talk about one more thing here with uh, that so at the end Gotta watch the credits on everything you watch these days because you never know what's yeah, gonna man, happen. I, I didn't
1: know. Like, yeah. I didn't watch it at first. You didn't. I had to go back and watch after I read reports. Oh yeah. boy, I just, I just left turned it on off. by accident. Yeah. And usually, yeah. I, as soon as the credits start
0: rolling, if yeah. it doesn't go into the next episode, I hit exit. Yeah. But you leave it on for about sixty seconds, and then they show. I think it's. I think they say it's a year later, maybe, um, or several Something. months later. Yeah. Yeah. After they've all moved out, and then they zoom in on Russia. Um, some kind of prison in Russia and they got these two prison guards walking down the hallway getting ready to grab just shake that off getting ready to grab a prisoner out of the thing the first cell they go to he says no not the American is
2: R. Kelly could be R. Kelly <laughs> in his infancy in 1985
0: <laughs> well, I want to get your thought on this in a minute but I'll just explain so they take the guy out of the next cell and they take him in and throw him into some sort of pit and there's a in there and uh, yeah, So, okay. So, there's still evil on the earth somewhere, but now it's in Russia. So, obviously, when this portal closed, these Russians, how they got out of the building really quick, they may have just gone through the hole and went and took and So, that's why they're still evil. Who do you think is in that cell? Who's oh, it's the American? Hopper. It's Hopper. Okay, it's, that was my yeah, first thought. It's,
1: it's Hopper, for sure.
0: So, Hopper. when I talked to uh, CM Funk about this, yeah. he had a couple of, uh, he had a couple of different options. I said, could it be Barb? Because she just she died in the under and in, in the upside down in the first one, but she could be a bring back character, but that's a little that's a little stretch.
1: It's so the only reason I say that is because I think they showed Barb dead in the first season, didn't they? Like they for a, for a minute she was just missing, but I right. think by the end of the season they show her dead body in the upside down in the bit. upside down. Right. Right. Okay.
0: So yeah. I don't know if there's a way with all these we were talking about us time travel, yeah. upside down. If she's yeah. actually alive in the real world somewhere, we don't know. But the, uh, he, he, I'm trying to remember who he said the other one was because he said it's a character that has passed on in the show. Oh, um, Bob. Bob, yes. Because that's what he wants it to be. Because Bob is uh, Sean Aston, Sean yeah. okay. and he plays a really nice guy in a season two and then he gets all kinds of effed up. I mean, he dies the most brutal death I have ever seen on Netflix.
2: Well, isn't that the plight of every nice guy? It is. Nice isn't guys finish uh, last.
1: So sorry the, for the test. So the <laughs> only reason I don't think it's Bob is because once again, we see after after we see Bob get attacked. Yeah. they go back to another scene where they show the Demigorgons. With his dead body, like he's like completely bled out. So it's like, yeah, I feel like the show in both cases confirm that you know this character's dead. You know, and they did the same thing with with Barb, true. But with Hopper, Hopper disappears. Hopper, we never was see him die. Was on the bridge yeah. when she turned yeah. the two
0: yeah. keys, and you never saw his dead body. Right,
2: kind of so. like um, in Game of Thrones, that uh, the first direwolf.
1: Y- yeah, that's very similar. You talking about uh, Nymeria? Yeah, yeah, Arya's direwolf. Yeah, okay, right. yeah. yeah. yeah.
0: That's a a very similar situation.
1: Yeah, she like runs off and then, yeah.
0: So And Hopper is one of the main characters of the story, so you can't get rid of him yet. Yeah, he's too much of a fan favorite. Like, he's a real fan favorite. Yeah, Yeah, and then he's like the Stone Cold Steve Austin, because he's like every man. He gets out there drinking beer, smoking, (laughs) you know, and being lazy. Uh, But he's always there to help. He's always there to step up in the right situation.
2: Guys, I know you kind of keep saying Hopper, and I'm sure he's a... A uh, pivotal character in here. Yes. He but part of me wants him to be the grasshopper from a bug's life. That's a random desire, <laughs> yeah, but just,
1: right. yeah.
0: Or wants him to be from the Dukes of Hazard* or right. something. <laughs> but. No, yeah, but uh, Stranger Things is great. Season three, go out and watch it on Netflix. And I think they're coming out with, they had the Beyond Stranger Things, like the um, the wrap up table sessions. I think they're doing that again. It's called Even Stranger Things. And that's going to be in a month or two. Yeah. So check it out on Netflix. Lots of stuff coming up on Netflix. Glow coming out with season three on oh, Netflix. Oh, that's you. great stuff. Gorgeous Ladies of Wrestling. Uh, Fuller House, if anybody's a fan. <laughs>
2: I like Stephanie Tanner in Fuller House. And that's probably. In Fuller House, yeah. Yes.
0: Grown up. Hot Stephanie Tanner. Yeah, yeah. I gotcha.
2: That's probably the only reason. Yeah,
0: I like the, uh, DJ Tanner. I don't. Right? I Jesus. mean, I don't. I don't. Uh, I don't watch it. You should. Yeah, you could. I mean, no, you shouldn't. It's really not. You can watch it on it? Hulu and just watch half of it. It's alright. Because <laughs> Hulu, the big joke yeah. on our podcast is Hulu, as we're watching right now, only shows you about. Is, we're all watching Hulu, right? Yeah. It, it shows Hulu, you yeah. basically half of everything. It shows you highlights. It doesn't show you the whole yeah. show. So we always yeah. talk about Hulu giving half the half the attention. Um, so, and, and we are watching SmackDown in the background now, which is a good segue to take a break and come back so we can talk about professional wrestling. And uh, let, let's do this. We'd like to put people in the spot. Mike, take us the break here on the Dirty Ugly Wrestling Podcast. And
2: we'll be back in one, two, three.
0: That, that
1: was a good outro. <laughs> <laughs> That's a, that
0: was wrestling. How long did we go? An hour. Good Lord. Are you serious? Yeah. <laughs> do it.
1: Is
0: where it starts. We are back. Yep. on the. <laughs> never ready for that. On the Dirty Ugly Wrestling <laughs> Podcast. Once again, my name is Dirty Mike. I'm the big ugly. And we are joined in the Mansion 2.0 by our very special guest. Mike Melillo. Mr. Melillo. So you having a good time so
2: far? A blast.
0: We, Love uh, it. And we apparently are having a really good time because we went an hour on that first segment. So if y'all still with us. It was, like, all tangents. I feel like that's <laughs> it was not how that
2: first second.
0: We started talking about, like, wrestling moments, and then we just went tangent after tangent yeah. after tangent. <laughs> sorry, so not sorry. It, it, we're exactly. So we appreciate that, and we shout it out to everybody, and that's great. So let's talk about a little professional wrestling. Um, let's talk about a little—we'll get into extreme rules, which is the most current thing that we're going to be talking about, but uh, let's talk about this— Um, The Attitude Era seems to be coming back in portions. So what has worked in the late 90s, mid to late 90s, is coming back, uh, Big Mike. So this is good, Big Ugly. We have wanted something like this for a while. So let's just give some examples of what we've seen. First of all, Eric Bischoff and Paul Heyman have been hired uh, to do production and writing for Raw and Smackdown because they did very successful writing and uh, producing television shows, getting ratings, things like that. And we definitely see some differences, Big Ugly. Uh, Without a- Even on Hulu, you see differences. Um, but you, what you're seeing... But only
2: half the differences.
0: So, Right. But he's seeing the good half though. See, he's catching on quick. Yeah. Hulu will never sponsor us. He's catching on quick. No, Hulu oh, will never sponsor us. And I guess you're going to throw stuff. on the uh, this week or last week?
1: I was going to throw on this week. This week? This is this week, right?
0: Uh, throw on July
1: 1st. Throw on the Undertaker one. Yeah. Gotcha. Because that was the one where
0: this all started to come down. Because the yeah. first segment of this show was Braun Strowman and Bobby Lashley in a Falls Count Anywhere match in the first segment of this Raw show. And it starts with five, six minutes of action back and forth, and then you see um, them crash through the entire set. Um, now what's, what's great about this is this hasn't happened in a while, a spot like this, it was pretty exciting. But what's also great about this is the commentators stop. They stop talking, the cameras are rolling but they have one wide shot camera that's way in the back that's kind of showing the overview of this so they're treating it like it was an accident like a mistake so television shows are all about how you shoot where you shoot you know and what what content comes through wwe has been doing the same kind of cookie cutter stuff on television for so long we haven't seen anything like this for a long time big ugly would you say i no definitely i'd, I'd agree Did you like that segment? I did. I enjoyed it. I enjoyed it. Did you, were you thinking there while the segment was going on and the camera was panned out like, oh, this is different. This is like, this could be
1: something new, something better. You know, what's going to happen with this? I wasn't thinking that. I enjoyed it for what it was because, um, you know, you, you've seen people get thrown into the, the, the little thing before most of the time it doesn't, they don't break through it. Right. Um, so I was like, okay, this is cool. I wasn't thinking like, all right, we're really going to start seeing a change in WWE. Yeah. I was like, all right, this is cool. I mean, I was like, it makes sense because you got two big monsters. It's almost like breaking the, the ring with the big show and Brock Lesnar was like, you know, you're just showing how big these two guys are, you know?
0: Yeah. And it kind of gave some relevance because I was like, Bobby Lashley and and Braun Strowman, again, I really don't want to see this. But when they crashed through the set and they killed the power to the whole set and stage (laughs) and and the arena for a little bit, I was like, this is some good television. And they actually kept that storyline going all the way through by taking one or both of them to the hospital, giving you updates on them throughout the night. So it was different. I mean, we've had... Shades of brilliance, Mike, a couple times. But mm. wrestling always seems to go back to at least what we're used to, pro mm-hmm. pro wrestling these days. Um, sometimes they break out of the shell. Sometimes they don't. Right. Um, but that was good. So we, we've been watching it. We're kind of watching that now where we're, we're, we're going to see
1: this spot um, happen. Uh, so go ahead. So as you mentioned, um, we're, we're kind of seeing this, uh, I don't know, pseudo return to an attitude era mm-hmm. as – Bischoff has been brought back. Yep. Heyman was already there, but he's being brought back in a, in a creative, in a creative capacity. Yep. Uh, Bruce Pritchard was also brought back. So we're kinda in this like all hands on deck. <laughs> yeah. Like, you know, era. But it, does that spell good things for WWE or is this not good? Because now it's like you're having to you're having to draw from the past, essentially. How can how do you ever truly get to the future? You know where are the future Bischoff and Haymans that can continue to carry the product forward because they're not always going to be around to continue taking over these because this isn't the first time that these guys have been brought back. You know, right. Heymans has been in creative capacities before. You know, it, it's like how many times do you have to keep going back to this well? You know, um, Sorry, I, I see where you're going. Go ahead. Forgive me if
2: if this is a silly question. You're all right. Do, in your guys' pro, uh, professional podcast yeah, and, revela- and wrestling opinion, <laughs> is it better to have writers who have previous wrestling experience and know how it formulates, or is it good to have somebody on the outside that can kind of think um, existentially outside of the box and maybe bring in things that may not have been thought of uh, by Bischoff or, or somebody else? Well,
1: I, I think it can work. I, I'm going to let Mike go. Last, because I know he's, he's going to have the most insight. But um I think it can go both ways from what I've seen. Because I, I think, you know, we take somebody like Brian Gawertz. Brian mm-hmm. Gawertz was like one of the, you know, premier writers right after, uh what's homeboy? Re- Russo left. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So he was one of the main writers mm-hmm. for like the Attitude Era. And Brian Gawertz just came from like MTV Hollywood writing. Mm-hmm. And did a great job. Um But then there were people that from, who would you say was like from a wrestler that was... Dusty Rhodes. Dusty Rhodes, right. So he was another mm-hmm. creative that actually had experience wrestling. He could book, too. Yeah, So I mean, he I'm, I'm ended, ended up booking all that NXT
0: stuff. And right. NXT, which I'm going to have you talk about, NXT is the stuff. NXT is awesome. Right. Just anything that you're watching content-wise. Okay, so I, I see where you're both going with this. At this point in time, let's give you a little a little history. Back in the Attitude Era, you had, I would say, maybe two or three main writers. And I would say a lot of them had either television or professional wrestling or both experience. Uh, And roll tide on that. uh, (laughs) Roll tide on that Coke Zero right there. And what do you got there? You got. um, I got bye. Buy antioxidant bi. infusion. Okay. Bi. It's just
2: really good, yeah, delicious mm. shit. Malaw mango. Malawi
0: Ma- mango. Malawi mango. Okay. Man. Sorry, tangent for the, our. Oh. <laughs> I was <laughs> just about right to
1: say, we can't do any more tangents. We right. <laughs> could, but we, we shouldn't. Because
0: this is going to be a long podcast. Yeah.
1: Today's podcast
2: brought to you by Buy Coke Zero and Deer Park Water. See,
0: there we go. <laughs> There's our promotional person right there. Um,. So back in the '90s, in the middle of the late '90s, you had a couple of writers, maybe two or three, um, and then you had a lot of, you know, a lot of hands on back, you know, agents and things like that. But you only had a couple main people making the decisions. Nowadays, WWE has anywhere upwards to 25, 26 writers. Wow. On any given production of a television show. So we're watching this right here on Monday Night Raw. Yeah. Um, I think they're they're tightening the reins a little bit. But for the last several years, you've had, and I don't believe I, i'm gonna go and say half less than half less than 25 percent actually a professional wrestling experience or uh, as far as a television show needs to be written or booked out or timed um, they have experience they're great writers i'm sure they're great at what they do but as far as writing a professional wrestling television show that is going to capture not only your the attitude area audience uh, attitude era audience which we were Twenty years later you gotta capture all those people are gonna you're gonna lose them. Right. And especially if now they have kids of their own. If they're not interested, if the parents aren't interested, they're not gonna watch right. let the kids watch it. They don't care.
2: Do you think um, do you think a good compromise would be people who write for daytime soap operas also write for wrestling because it is kinda like it is you know, telenovela type stuff. There. But just ramp up the attitude and everything.
0: There are so many, and there's a couple of them that have been in there, soap opera typewriters mm-hmm. or so, sitcom typewriters. So
1: you're saying it's just too many, too many hands in a pot is what too you're saying. Too many
0: hands in the pot. That's what we've been seeing because we've been seeing the same cookie cutter stuff. So it's like, okay, you got this, you got this, you got this, you got this. Each writer gets a segment or whatever uh. the case may be. But it's all kind of still the same Stuff. You're not seeing anything different. But if you have those creative minds that come in that can teach and train these 26 or so writers um, Bischoff, Heyman, uh, Pritchard, you know, they're all up in age, they're all up in career. They're not going to be here to last forever, like you just said, Big Ugly. Um, I think they can coach and train the next, just like. Triple H is coaching and training the next vision of like NXT and you're talking about, you know, Mm -hmm. there's the the team down there. So because NXT obviously has something that works and they put on the the two hour best pay-per-views that we've seen. So if they can take and mold it all together, they can take the newer generation, train the younger generation so that when we as viewers, we in our midlife crises Mm -hmm. will enjoy watching stuff like this. But they also have Bobby Lashley, The Spot, and everything. We're going to talk about other stuff. But then, you know, you can still cater to the kids. You can still cater to the teenagers. You can still cater to the girls, the little girls, the women. Each segment gives you something different. Whereas the Attitude Era gave you one show of Raw and SmackDown where it was just nonstop everything. They're going to to space it up now and give us a taste like we're doing in the last couple shows here. I think it's going to space it out better, ultimately in the long run. It's gonna take a while. Okay. So sorry, that was too much. But no,
2: it's good. Do you think that uh, WWE and uh, NXT or whoever the wrestling mm-hmm. parts would consider, or maybe they've entertained the thought of bridging the gap? Okay, so you have old timers versus newcomers. Mm-hmm. Like you have the old Attitude Generation come back, Steve Austin, The mm-hmm. Rock, all these guys, and then they just have a big epic throwdown, you know, like Battle Royale new with, the new, with the new guys and then just try to keep that rolling and running for years. I would
0: love to see that. And they've done that in parts and times. Like they've had, mm-hmm. uh, you know, Shawn Michaels and Triple H face The Undertaker and Kane. Well, that was kind of old school and versus old mm-hmm. school. But they've had some of these guys come out and and, and a lot of these guys, like Shawn Michaels, uh, even Kane, is working in politics now, but he's still – coaching younger people Mm -hmm. triple h now even though he gets his big wrestlemania entrance he still puts all these other people over i would love to see this wouldn't you love to see the throwdown well old versus new
2: like have ddp come out doing his exercise videos and stuff hall of family i mean
1: it's like who would (laughs) like like i I mean i think i I try and think about it so it's like from my standpoint it's like i know i would want to see this right but it's because people like Stone Cold and Shawn Michaels, like they mean so much to me. But if you're an eight year old or a ten year old, those those wrestlers don't mean mm-hmm. much for you. Yeah. you know what I'm saying? Right. It's just like in my era of watching Shawn Michaels and The Rock and Stone Cold, Hulk Hogan and Randy Savage didn't mean much to me. You know, they were just mm-hmm. like are these, they're these old guys? They're super, they're superstars, yeah, yeah. but they're like the old guys. So it's like I, you know, it's like I, I want to see The Rock. Like I don't yeah. want to see Hogan on a mic. <laughs> you know, <what> I'm saying? <laughs> like so so um, so and, and I feel like that is the danger of you know going back to pull those attitude era guys. Is that uh-huh. for the new generation? They don't mean much. But they're great for us for nostalgia, like Mm -hmm. we love it.
0: Exactly. So which is why I'm thinking that if they're gonna do this and they're gonna space it out right since they have so much time for content anyway, you know, they're gonna have their segments that's gonna be for the kids, and then their segments that are gonna be for the Attitude Era, you know, hardcore fans. Mm -hmm. Then they're gonna have their segments for the new fans that are coming in or just watching wrestling for the first time. I think they're gonna be very they're going to use more of the cooks in the kitchen to do different things. Which, let's just give a list of some of the different things that we've seen, uh, Big Ugly. Um, some of the, And during this segment, Corey Graves said the word shit live on the air, 8 o'clock hour. Um, they have a 7 second delay at least. So if they wanted to bleep out that word shit, they could have. They, could've. they, could've. Right. they yeah. didn't. Huh. They wanted an honest, guttural reaction to this, th- this incident. And you know the crowd saying "holy shit." Anyway, so and, and they tried to play it off, and and oh, Corey Graves got in trouble for saying no, he did not. No. Corey Graves did not know this was happening, and, and that's another thing you gotta you gotta work the boys sometimes. You gotta keep it in, and that's that's another thing that's missing because everybody knows. Oh, wow. you, don't going think, on. you don't think you uh, don't think you you don't think, think I knew? think I don't think the announcers knew. Ah, okay. And I think the announcers mm. got an earful during the break to say how to spin this because of course this is this is Heyman or Bischoff or whoever working the boys um, because you need a guttural reaction. Because if you, if everybody knows what's going on backstage, you can't have an honest reaction to this. So if you're back in gorilla oh, true. and the gorilla position is, is right back beyond the stage, so where you're right back to come out to the curtain and it's right there, the people in headphones, in headphones called gorilla position. If you're right there and you're waiting and watching for the next segment and the stage explodes everybody's like holy shit what just happened you get smartened up later on yeah. but only a few key people know about this that is nice because if they can work themselves into a shoot and and work the boys you know it's on a need-to-know basis then as a performer you're like well oh, damn man i can be a part of this you know maybe i yeah. can get involved in something cool like this right right case in point kofi kingston Kofi Kingston is the WWE champion. Kofi Kingston is is comic books and kids. and I'm Uh sorry. I'm, I'm just leaning. He's comic books and kids and throwing pancakes out to the crowd and, you know, very light, very airy, and it's the new day. It's all kinds of things. Kofi Kingston, just about a week ago, gave Samoa Joe the finger on television, on SmackDown, and they did not, and they showed it. Um, this is very Attitude Era ish, and I'm like, wow, Kofi Kingston really jumped out of his shell to give the finger because Samoa Joe is is, is coming it up with for a his smile. title.
1: He did it with a smile, <laughs> but he
0: gave him the finger. Yeah. Would Kofi Kingston, in any kind of other scenario, has have ever done anything like that? Never. No. Do you Never, think
2: Do you no. think that going back to the Attitude Era is also in response to, I guess, media and movies overall, where we are seeing a resurgence in? eighties, nineties things. Retro. You know? Everything is going retro. Do you think this is a a response to that in
1: some degree? Could be. I think it's in a response to them not selling tickets.
0: (laughs) (laughs) That's one (laughs) part of it too. And
1: then and then them remembering a time when we sold tickets. (laughs) Yeah. I mean there were times that they sold out buildings. Yeah. Yeah. I mean right now
0: WWE's
1: main attraction is the Royal Rumble. But here's the thing, Mm -hmm. WWE has always been very well aware of the Attitude Era. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. they they have at, at many WrestleManias, they make it a point to bring back Attitude Era guys. Right. Royal Rumbles, they try and bring back Attitude Era guys. Mm-hmm. Um Every time they, I mean, Saudi Arabia, that's all it is is a bunch of...
0: Sure. It's like old yeah, the, head, the headliners Undertaker. are the
1: old school guys, you know. yeah um, So I, I do think that, I can't say that they're paying attention to the, to the market and trying to go retro but I think they're very aware that You know, what they did in the the mid to late 90s and early 2000s was the peak for them mm-hmm. and they they want to revisit it when they can go
2: back to what we i just discussed. think they've
1: been hesitant about it because they don't want to lose sponsors for doing edgy material oh.
0: that's where that's, they've been yeah. careful walking on eggshells for so long right. but now i mean if they can get away with one segment here one segment there you know one bit instead of doing it on the whole show i think they'll keep yeah. their sponsors because i think
1: that last pay-per-view really really scared them like you know, they, I mean, there were a lot of reports that... What bragging was the, rights? Was that the last pay-per-view? The one that we just watched at your house?
0: Was what? it called bragging rights? No, no it was called... It um, was
1: uh, stomping grounds. Stomping grounds. I'm sorry. It was something like that. It was stomping grounds, Great right? balls of fire. Yeah. So, <laughs> so the, you know, the the buy rates for that were really low. I'm talking about yeah. like in-person buy rates was really, really low. They had half the arena um, roped off because... Right. it yeah. And moving people into the camera yeah. angles because it was that bad. So, wow. I, I think it was one of those things where it's like, we got to make a change. like Or because... They could just keep going down that road if they don't start getting better. That's the whatever. thing. Yeah. yeah, that's definitely should have scared them. Yeah. And, and when Royal Rumble sells out in 90
0: seconds, and that's the match, the Royal Rumble itself, and men, women, it's great. But WrestleMania didn't even sell out, sell out. I mean, wow. we, were, we were in the midst of 82,000 hey, people man, WrestleMania. Right. Wow. Did not sell out. Because if you look up top, there was a lot of seating. Even in art section, there was still single seating and double seating available. So, if they would have actually sold out that stadium, they would have got another five, 6,000 yeah, people. But, you it. know,
1: uh, I, I was—I actually thought that. I mean, the card going into WrestleMania was pretty good, though. The card I was good. I
0: mean, and so, it's going to be the card and the attraction itself, WrestleMania, that's going to pull you in. Because WrestleMania is like the Super Bowl, the World Series, mm-hmm. the World Cup. That's the one you want to go to. And they come from all around the world. Um and I, th- I thought it was great. We had a good time, Big Ugly, um, and because uh, we went to WrestleMania, and it was fantastic. Mm. Had a great time. That was the longest show in existence of history. Um, started around 5, 5.30, didn't end until 12.30. Jeez. God, and, uh, man. Marathon. It really was. That's another thing they're working on, too, is timing, because the one thing that they did get right with, uh, what was it called, Stomping Grounds, it ended at 10.30. It was before 10.30. It was over. And it started at seven, so we had three and a half hours. That's a new day right there, Mike. So that's Xavier Woods on the left, Big E in the middle, and (sighs) Kofi is another guy that's with them, and he's the one that gave the finger. Okay. Um, And then you got the Viking experience or the War Raiders, whatever the hell they're called now. I have Mm -hmm. no idea. But um, anyway, so they've got these segments now. I think it's good. You got all these cooks in the kitchen are getting trained and coached. I think it's going to be good. It's good jumping off point. Other things that we've seen. on the SmackDown that was just very recent this this week. Kevin Owens has just turned face. He's just turned heel. Now Kevin Owens gets jumped in a backstage segment on the first segment of SmackDown, and he comes in and grabs the mic as a shoot, and he's like... Oh, Shane McMahon getting all this TV time and he's really shooting on the mic like CM Punk did before. He dropped a pipe bomb. He dropped yeah. a pipe bomb. Yeah. And they shut his mics off, they kicked him out of the building. But of course it's all work because you know it comes back in, you know, after being kicked out of the building, gives a stunner. But that's the kind of stuff they've been Kevin Owens can do. And they've been sitting on it and not letting him do it. So that's the kind of and that was one segment that went through the show as a story, but I liked that segment. And it made the other ones seem not so intolerable. I just think that things like that. Oh, let me just throw this out there. Maria Canellis and Mike Bennett. Mike Canellis. You seen that? Yeah, I did.
1: It's actually been an entertaining I little bit. I love it. <laughs> yeah, it's actually okay. been entertaining. So,
0: <laughs> Maria Canellis was uh, a, D, a diva in of WWE. She's been around for a long time. Back and forth, back and forth. And her actual husband, Mike Bennett, Mike, Kanellis, I mean, Mike Kanellis, call him now. They've been working... A lot of independent shows ring of honor impact wrestling they finally came to wwe together um she got pregnant a while back she had her baby so they have a child um and he's been wrestling under the radar and she's been managing him under the radar um now she's actually pregnant again so they turned it into a storyline <laughs> and it's a storyline where oh she's you know oh Talking about Oh I'll let Becky Lynch Impregnate me And you're, You don't have A big penis You know Like <laughs> all this other stuff And talking about And like I don't even think It's your baby So it's like Goofy Yeah But it makes sense Because everybody knows If you're Reading you know Any kind of wrestling Hey they're really married So they're actually Working themselves Into a story But it's so funny They're
1: letting them yeah. do it Yeah Yeah and, yeah. it's and, and the Back fact States that, there. yeah, great stuff. And, they, and they brought it out of nowhere, which, you know, was a risk for WWE because they haven't been on TV in, like, years. Yeah. And only, well, they yeah. started with Maria because you know Maria. They, yeah. People really don't know who Mike Bennett is. Right. Unfortunately. Yeah.
0: But it's been entertaining. It's, it's good. <laughs> it's yeah, one of the best segments yeah. on the show. Yeah. And including the 24-7, which has caught on. Uh, so this is a title that they have, Mike, um, that... Uh, they actually just dropped in the middle of the ring and they said anybody who wants it, just come and get it. And it can be defended anywhere, anytime, anyplace. So they make all of these segments like backstage, on golf yeah. courses, up in airplanes. <laughs> what um, a great idea. At, right? At this guy's wedding, which is... Drake Maverick, man. Uh, unbelievable. This that, little guy. Like, Isn't it guy.
2: like, was what, the movie, Varsity Blues, where it's like, fumble? Like, he always had the whole yeah, yeah, lot to it. Yeah. Yeah, 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 he always had the football yeah, yeah, in yeah. real life. <laughs> yes,
0: yeah. and this is the thing. People uh, uh, attacking people. All you got to do is bring a referee, and you can, yeah. man. Yeah. And and his wife, it. It. Is Drake Maverick, is his wife a wrestler? Yes, his wife on television, Renee Michelle. She actually came from the Baltimore, D.C. area. Okay. And yeah. she's actually his wife. So yeah. they're
1: working that. Actual reality into Absolutely. a story. Into, right. Because I know she's his wife, but I'm saying did she used to wrestle yep. for WWE. Okay. Yep. Right. She
0: wrestled in the, uh, the Mae Young Classic. Got um, you. Okay. You know what I think you did tell me. Okay. Yeah. yeah. And Renee Michelle. So she's right. great. I, I just love the fact that she's on mainstream TV now. Yeah. So, um, I, I mean, I
1: love the 24-7 title and like Truth always trying to find a way to, to it. Yeah, yeah.
0: And calling it the 7-Eleven title. And yeah. Him and Carmella. And that's his baby. Yeah. And they're actually coming out with now, instead of trying to hide these interpersonal relationships that WWE has, Carmella and ba- uh, Seth, uh, no.
1: Becky Lynch called? and Seth Rollins.
0: Becky Lynch and Seth Rollins, but Carmella and... Uh, wow, the commentator with all the tattoos Corey Graves I, thank you I couldn't remember oh who they're was together no okay. oh yes they are they got they pictures now online like public very yeah. good one of the war raiders is married to
1: I believe Sarah Logan I think yeah um, you know Charlotte and uh, Andrade Andrade right uh, Aleister so, Black and <laughs> Selena Vega I think are married yeah they're married
0: so they got all these interpersonal relationships and they're not hiding them at all yeah. and that's another thing that's great um the Undertaker is definitely being used at this point in time to get tickets, to get buy rates. I love The Undertaker. Hated the match with Goldberg because it was terrible a couple months ago in Saudi Arabia. Mm-hmm. Um, entrances were great. We talked about this on the last show. But Undertaker is going to help get these guys over. Roman Reigns mm-hmm. needs to get back into a mainstream thing. Uh, Drew McIntyre definitely needs to get in a mainstream thing. Shane McMahon is going to be a major heel for as long as he can still walk.
1: Um so, yeah, I think they're using The Undertaker in a way that, uh, you know, Pritchard described the way they used to use macho back when they put Macho Man on commentary back in the early 90s. Yeah. And, like, when they needed that kind of star power, they would have Macho Man come back in the ring. And, you know, Pritchard oh, you're putting the Macho Man, the old man, back in the ring. You know, and so. <laughs> <laughs> that was pretty good. You like that, Macho uh, that, that, <laughs> that was, was good. good. So, so, um, so I feel like they're using The Undertaker that way, too. In the way that you're describing this, mm-hmm. like. We need buy rates. Undertaker, everybody's going to share for Undertaker. We need you to come back. You know what I mean? Because there's no reason for him to be back. There's no reason for him to be tagging with Roman Reigns. It's clearly like we need star power (laughs) that people can resonate with, and they'll want to see it. Yeah, Yeah. and I want to see it for that
0: reason, but I also want to see it because I need need Roman Reigns to get past this fact. Um, He was diagnosed with leukemia, uh, actually, for the second time in his life last year. He became in remission, though. And he's good, and he's wrestling, and he's working again. But he used to be the the superstar that everybody loved to hate. Um, ah. And he got so much heat, so much negative reaction from the crowd that you wanted to boo him. You wanted to go to arenas to pay the ticket to boo Roman Reigns. After he had cancer and was in rem- remission, big pop, yay. Uh, after that, dry. Roman Reigns ain't all doing nothing. Bad.
1: I feel like people don't know what to do. People don't know. You don't want to cheer. It's him like, to, hey, you had cancer. It's Like he's a cancer survivor, so
2: I can't really boo. Him, I, but <laughs> I feel that's your express ticket to hell. Yeah, yeah,
1: exactly. This it's is like, where
0: we need right. Roman to actually turn but, heel. But right, but it's he's like, dry. yeah, but it's like, it's like hate you can't, him not you can't for share having
1: him either because he's just not worthy of being cheered. No, it's yeah. it's dry saying, But yeah. you
0: can boo him if he gives you a reason to do it. So let him attack the Undertaker or after the match or something, let him get involved. Well,
2: okay. how about he becomes this like evil genius behind the scenes and he's manipulating other people to do the physicality, the physically... Uh, negative stuff and the hateful stuff. And he's not? just a, a non-physical mastermind type.
1: I mean, why, why not? I could, that's I, still and a that's great
0: that's a television great hill, too, right? That's right? A great and then that's a puppet master, and he doesn't have to actually. I mean, he wants to get in there and work, but he doesn't have to work as hard. And that's what they want yeah. to do with their main stars anyway. They don't. They want to save them so that they can have right. them healthy.
1: But the issue is with the Roman Reigns thing is that if you turn Roman heel, you don't have a huge face. I mean, you have Seth Rollins, but. Seth Rollins isn't really the big star power face. They
0: keep going with that. Kevin Owens the way they're going. That's going to be a major face for you. And when they pull this Bray Wyatt thing, yeah. this uh, Festival of Friendship yeah. or whatever, when they pull that out, that's going yeah. to be good. Yeah, well, you
1: know, they're, 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 what they're doing with Owens is starting to remind me of like Stone Cold. You know, he's, yes. doing, he's doing a stunner now. Hmm. He's dropping pipe bombs. You know, he's going against <laughs> the authority. It's like, you know, it's a Stone Cold repeat. Um, this is where the attitude era is making making
0: that slight return yeah. you know and I think Bischoff and Heyman have a lot to do with it because you know uh, WWE on Fox um, going on Fox Smackdown in the fall and they need to do you know different some different camera angles some different content and that's what and we're finally going to see a separation between raw and Smackdown it's not going to be the exact same show with different people we're gonna see uh, differences which is what we need to see I if I'm watching raw I don't necessarily want to watch Smackdown you know what I mean? Right. Watching the same damn show.
2: Real quick. Yeah. Who is this guy with, with the Dreads?
1: That's Kofi Kingston. That is he's, he's Kofi Kingston.
2: Kofi Kingston just pulled some, uh, uh, Street, not Street Fighter, um, Eddie, the character. Oh, Eddie Gordo. Yeah. And he pulled some Eddie Gordo shit on yeah. the side of the ring. Yeah. yeah. And that was really cool.
0: Yeah. And that's the guy who gave mm-hmm. the finger. But you would never know it from as as bubbly and as as light as he is and he's the guy that did
1: it. Hey, let me ask you about these two tag teams while we're while we're going on a tangent. So what do you think about the Viking Raiders and heavy machinery?
0: I like heavy machinery.
1: Okay, it's a drawback to the working man. I like
0: it, Otis and uh, whatever the—I I don't remember the name—but the the one guy, the Larry Cable guy-ish—and comes out and be like, "Oh yeah, we working hard tonight. Yeah. Oh yeah." <laughs> I like that. and and they're a solid tag team. The the Viking Raiders or the War Raiders. The only bad thing about that is they had the gimmick going in NXT, and they came up and tried to change the name, change the gimmick. Um, if they just let them be themselves, which this is themselves, this this the Viking thing, uh, <clears throat> but they can't use the word war. I understand, but they're giving people the finger and calling people bitch and saying shit on TV. I'm not calling them the war raiders. People would pop for that. I like them both.
1: I I feel like the Viking raiders. They're like I feel like they sh- they needed to have done a more contemporary take on the gimmick. Like I feel like they're they try to go like real. Old schooly, like like it looks like a gimmick, but they could have infused mm-hmm. the Viking culture into like contemporary. Okay. You see what I'm saying? I feel what like they mean. like they look like they're stepping out of the show Vikings. Like, yes. you know, with the way that they dress, yeah, right? right? But it's like I feel like it's hard to get gimmicks like that over because they are too gimmicky. Too gimmicky. But if you start infusing the culture in your gimmick, I mean if you start infusing the culture. In what you're doing with you, it, it might get over a little better, if you get what I'm saying. I feel
0: you. And, you they, know, and they could um, be working on that, too. Um, you know, they, they could just do a little tweaking, a little
1: uh, adjusting on yeah, places, things, yeah. uh, people like that. Heavy machinery is, like, okay. I mean, I, I'm, I'm reserving judgment to see, like, where they go. I don't mind them as much. They're pretty cool. but Yeah, they're yeah. fun. Yeah. Um,
2: is this guy who's choking out Kofi Kingston uh, part of the
1: Viking? No. no, he's Samojo. He's just the okay. contender right now for All the right. for the championship. Okay. And if
0: they let him open up and actually speak his mind, yeah. he's very talented, plus he's very good in the ring. So what do you think? Do they put the title on Joe? So here's the thing. Kofi Kingston, Samojo for the WWE Championship. I don't know if that's any kind of uh, extreme rules match. It might just be for the title. Um, oh, uh, You know, as big as the difference that they made of Kofi uh, winning the title... I could see them putting it on Joe eventually, but not yet. Um, I I think they need a reason, and maybe even at SummerSlam to do that, put it on Joe. But eventually, I think they could put it on Joe and then have Kofi fight up from underneath of it again, Uh, because now Kofi is not only a contender for the title, but he's
1: actually held the championship. So, uh, what do you think? Yeah, I think that uh, I don't think I don't think Joe is going to get it just yet. I think they're going to let Kofi run with it until at least SummerSlam before making. Making a
0: change. Yeah, I think that, and they let Kofi come out of his shell a little bit here. So yeah. I think.
1: I am loving uh, AJ and the, the, the uh, I was about to say the bar. Uh, no, that's the club. The club yeah. back together. AJ
0: Styles on the left and uh, Luke uh, um, Gallows and Anderson on the right there. So these guys were in Japan together. There's a Japanese tour that either just happened or is happening soon. <laughs> um, but
1: They already toured Japan. They already toured, yeah, but they they're are.
0: letting this go because this got over with that, that small group of the fans that understood. Where all this came from. These guys were awesome in Japan. And they came over here. The two on the right just kind of fell under the radar. Gallows yeah. and Anderson. AJ Styles has been champion. But uh, he's been a face for a while. He's better as a heel.
2: Uh,
0: and now they're a, they're a faction to be reckoned with. And we need a couple of good factions. Um, other than just the New Day. In the WWE. NW, like NWO factions. DX factions. We need some factions.
2: I feel like... Um, is that Anderson on the far right?
0: Uh, Anderson is on the... Uh, Gallows is on the far end. Gallows.
2: Room. So, I feel like Gallows' skull tattoo on his arm would fit my entire torso. <laughs> that's yeah, his arm do. is massive. Like, yeah, yeah. that's ungodly. Yeah.
0: And they're entertaining, yeah. too, these these guys. But if they let them actually talk and do something, they're actually entertaining. <laughs> so, um, there's a lot going on with WWE. There's a lot of people on the roster. There's a lot of content. Um, and they... Couldn't Who's, certainly do it.
2: Who, who was just commentating?
0: That was Charlie Caruso.
2: So, Charlie Caruso looks like a Sofia Vergara 2.0. I, I can, like WWE uh, Sofia yeah,
0: Vergara. Yeah, I, I can see that. Yeah, I, I can that. see that. And these Street <laughs> Profits, these are, these are all gimmicky. These guys, and you know, we're going to uh, segue into NXT a little bit here because they're the NXT Tag Team Champions. Mm-hmm. But these guys, they're good in the ring, but they have this outlandish kind of... <laughs> The way they talk about everything. They are
1: promoters. Right. They're profits. Right. I just love when he starts when he starts doing a rock thing. Like, right now, he's saying, finally, the rock. Yes. And then the other yes, like, yes, oh, yes, no. yeah. <laughs> um, So, apparently, the Street Profits, the reason that they've been making uh, a lot of TV appearances is that WWE brass feels like they needed a team that could connect with the younger people. Oh, and yeah. so, they feel like the Street Profits are good <laughs> for that. And so, oh. that's why they... Even though they're not wrestling on Raw and SmackDown, and they haven't officially been pulled up, they're appearing on there because they're supposed to be like adding more entertainment value for the younger teen audiences and stuff yeah. like that. So, and
0: I agree because I love them every. Yeah, day I, I do day. love them. Yeah,
1: <clears throat> yeah. Obviously, that. the one sticks out more. The uh, the the more athletic one. What's his name? <laughs> Montez Porter. Uh, yeah, Porter. Yeah, Porter. Yeah. Angelo Dawkins, they're all right. Yeah.
0: But, uh, see, that's fun stuff. And they just started coming up with a new regime, too. So I think... That there's, there's all these little things that are making for more entertaining television shows from beginning to end. Yeah. Um, let's jump into Extreme Rules real quick, and let's just talk about some of the other card. Right. we got The Revival, Dawson and Wilder, uh, defending the um, Raw Tag Team Championship against the Usos. Um, so, I think we've seen this match before, but this has a, a tendency to be a very good match in the ring, and they can all tell stories. Um so, uh, and we'll, we'll talk about, um, you know, predictions and everything. When we come back next time and talk about the results, we'll say, you know, who did you think was going to win, who actually did win. Braun Strowman and Bobby Lashley in the last man standing match, so that moves on from the feud that we had on television, which was good. Uh, Ricochet and AJ Styles could steal the show if they'd let him go. Uh, Ricochet, Ricochet defending. I think they will. Yeah. yeah. The U.S. Championship. Ricochet is not great on the mic, but... Uh, if he has a mouthpiece, that's great. Or if, um, he just lets his work in the ring do it, that'd be good. So that's the U S championship. Alistair black against the guy who knocked on the door. Cesaro. Um, it's kind of, uh, CM Punk and I were talking about that last night. It's kind of anticlimactic cause they're pushing Alistair black. It and, is, but they're letting Cesaro be a
1: vehicle to push him. They should push Cesaro, man. So I agree. I agree. Um, Cesaro just has no luck when it comes to <gasps> singles runs, man. And it sucks because all of his tag team partners continue to get injured. Yeah. <laughs> but, well, I guess Jack Swagger doesn't count. But, well, um, yeah. But, yeah. But Cesaro's been around
0: for a long time, and maybe they think that they, you know, push somebody new as opposed to, you know, because they got them this middle of the roster that can help get these guys over. Yeah. Maybe that's what it is. Um, so we also have Daniel Bryan and Rowan, uh, the uh, SmackDown Tag Team Champions uh, The World's, the Planet's Tag Team Champions yeah. Against the New Day, Big E and Xavier Woods And then Heavy Machinery, which we were just talking about Otis and Tucker Triple Threat Match, uh, SmackDown Tag Team Championship Triple Threat means no rules You know, um, they, I guess they'll have tags in and out But there's no disqualification, no count out right. um, Drew Gulak, who's still the 205 Live, Jam and Jason, Cruiserweight Champion um, Taking on Tony Nese, which is a match that we've seen before So uh, hopefully that's on the pre-show um, even though they they can have good matches, I'm not really too interested in this. This is good. Bailey, the SmackDown Women's Champion, against supposed to be Alexa Bliss and Nikki Cross two on one handicap match. We've seen Bailey and Alexa Bliss a lot. This is a good way
1: to introduce Nikki Cross. I love what she's doing on TV. I think she's good. What do you think? I have been. I've been. I've been very much enjoying the whole uh, Ale- uh, Nikki and Alexa thing, like yeah. friendship and Bailey trying to like show her. Show Nikki like that she's being used and everything, so I think this should be good. I hope they don't end it too quickly. So, no, and and they're letting Bailey come out of her show a little bit too. She's not
0: uh, playing the happy, giggly, yeah, hugger. yeah, not all the time. She's yeah. letting her come out of her show. Uh, here's the one Kofi Kingston defending the WWE championship against Samoa Joe. Uh, just a singles match, no rules or any, uh, no extreme rules for that one. So, we'll see where that takes. See if Kofi, Kofi gets a little more, um, edgy. Uh, Here's the uh, main. They have a main attraction and the main event. The main attraction is the Undertaker and Roman Reigns tag team against Shane McMahon and Drew McIntyre. Um, that's pretty cool. Yep, yeah. uh, Undertaker. I'm glad he's working with Roman, so Roman can do all the physical work in the ring. Let the Undertaker tell the story. Um, but uh, I don't need the Undertaker doing too much in this match. But that's okay because Shane can take a lot of weird bumps and Drew can work too. So I think that's a good, uh, putting him in there with Goldberg who hasn't wrestled in a year or two, it was a bad idea. Um, But that's going to be cool to see The Undertaker and see how that all develops. And we do have, and I'm very interested in this, I still hate the way he dresses but I understand why, Baron Corbin and Lacey Evans fighting against Seth Rollins and Becky Lynch. They are defending both of their championships and winner take all. So if... Baron Corbin wins, then they both win both titles. Or if Seth Rollins wins, they both keep both titles. Let's talk about this one real quick. Um, do you see this changing hands, or just furthering storyline, or do you see anything different coming out of this? I,
1: I can't see it changing hands. I don't think that either one of Baron Corbin or Lacey Evans are real contenders or really prepared for that okay. uh, for that spotlight yet. So okay. I, I don't see it going anywhere, um, and on top of the fact, I'm just a little bit confused about the continued rivalry because Lacey Evans has been beat by Becky Lynch like three times yeah. now. So clean it's, too, I mean, yeah. So it's I, I'm just confused. Like, why is this not over? And I mean, you're not really giving me much, just because it's like, oh, well, we've brought on Baron Corman and Seth Rollins, but it's like, yeah, I could do without that. I mean, you know what I mean? It's just like I I don't know. And here's the problem with this too, and uh, you know, Mike, I'll get you take
0: on this just kind of as an outsider. Mm-hmm. Um, this is called extreme rules, mm-hmm. where there's a couple of extreme rules type matches, not many. It's in Philadelphia, which was the home of Extreme Championship Wrestling, so this is a tough crowd in Philadelphia. Um, so. They, you would think that they would pull a, like a surprise out of their hat, wouldn't you think? Something extreme, you know, something hardcore, some kind of blood, some kind of something. Uh, you know, because going in, you're putting yourself in a almost an unwinnable situation. Calling them th- something extreme rules, putting it in the hard, uh, home of extreme Philadelphia. What do you want to see uh, when we come back and talk about this in August and give you all the results? What mm-hmm. do you want to see out of what we just talked about?
2: I mean, if you're going back to the motherland of extreme mm-hmm. and everything. You have to it, it. You have to stick to what uh, its original intent was, and then you have to go a step over that to establish. We know what we're doing. This is the relationship, and this is what we're going to be bringing to it. I think anything less than that, because Philly, look. Uh, anybody that's living in Philly, you guys know what kind of crowd you are. <laughs> it's no secret. You guys are tough, whether it be in comedy, or or wrestling, or uh, sports. You guys are tough to impress, and there's nothing wrong with that. But that's the reputation there is there. Mm-hmm. So they have to prove themselves, and be uh, and and uh, the wrestling needs to be able to read the crowd and read what's going on and i think if they're able to adjust on the fly if things start to go awry then they'll be okay uh but i believe if they if they come with just a plan a and if that plan a goes off the rails they're gonna tank
0: okay so they need they need something in the tank they need something in reserve
2: yeah they they need need a a, yeah they need a plan b as a contingency
1: And I think that uh, there might not be any stipulations for extreme type of matches, but I think that given the way things have been going, we might see some blood. We might see some, might see some color. We might see some risque bumps. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. Um, so I think that that could be the route they go. I wouldn't be shocked if they go that route. You know, might see a chair shot that looked a little. Risky. I don't think they'll go back to head shots. No, nah, but you know, mm-hmm. we might see some. Yeah, protocol. we might see some. You know, chair shots, stuff like that. Okay, right. yeah. right? and, and that would be good I mean
0: again it's just like writing a three hour television show they gotta write a four hour pay per view so you're gonna see peaks and valleys highs and lows but you're gonna right. have to see some of that speaking of stuff. real quick I know we yeah. gotta
1: get wrapping up wrapping up um, but not th- yet the, speaking of the chair shot you know Cody Rose recently took a bad headshot oh, to the head wow and it looked like yeah, I'm guessing it was playing you know I would hope so but my thing is like that's that's stupid man it's, it's dumb yeah. you know what I'm saying it's like you know listen I, I know I'm not saying that everything WWE you know does is right and you know we know that they stopped doing a lot of stuff but it's like there's a reason that they stopped doing yeah. Chair Shots to the head you know what I mean um, it's like You know, going back to that kind of stuff to entertain people is not necessary. You know, I hear you. This is one kind of step too far, and especially
0: hitting somebody in the head with a steel object, especially with, you know, concussion protocol and, you know, symptoms that elapsed over Mm -hmm. time. Yeah, there's a lot of that going on in the attitude there. Whole lot of it. Nobody putting hands up, just like taking the shot and hit. And usually the chairs are gimmicked, they're a little thinner. Um, You know, so it's more like a stunt being done rather than, you know, somebody actually trying to hit one mm-hmm. four. so And you're you're aiming here, you know, but it, does, it doesn't matter. It's not a smart situation. But AEW, which is this new company that's coming up, um, they're taking a little bit more risks with things like that, mm. with risk-A bumps, with a couple chair shots, with blood. Um, and they actually have a free show on tonight on June uh, – July 13th, I should say, on the Bleacher
2: so Report. Let me, let me pose you this question. Real Go quick. for it. Sorry, I don't mean to interject. You're fine. Can you – Re, or, or or bring back the Attitude Era, without everything that went with it.
0: Yeah, yeah. You don't need every like like we were talking about earlier. Everything big ugly from Attitude Era, like beginning to end, Ross Smackdown, all that stuff was there. Was like a chair shot in every match, yeah. and yeah. like blood all over the place, and, right. and middle fingers and cursing. Um, I don't think you need it all. Okay. I think you just need, uh, as we were talking earlier, these these Shades of Brilliance, um. And then peaks and valleys in the show, and then you got your you got your funny stuff like the twenty four seven. You got your women stuff. You got your kids stuff, and then you got your you got your hardcore fan stuff. Right,
1: and and the thing is that you can't bring everything back because society has changed a great deal mm-hmm. over the past twenty years. Sure has. And some of that stuff is just not going to be accepted today. Like you know, if you start. If You know, we're very sensitive as a society now as opposed to 20 years ago when everybody, Mm -hmm. when that generation was willing to accept everything. You know what I'm saying? And it's like everybody wanted to push the envelope and push it to the edge. Where now it's like any little thing becomes offensive, you know? So if they use too many curse words, you're going to have somebody write a blog about how WWE is using too many curse words. (laughs) And, you know, children under 10 shouldn't... Be,
2: you know what I'm saying? So it's like, I can't yeah. bring my kids to a right, violent exactly. wrestling match because they cursed right, too much. Right, you
1: know, or there was just too much blood. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And, and you're promoting kids to cut themselves. You know what I'm saying? I mean, right. it's like people will spend anything. So they... WWE has a hard task ahead of them where they need to find a balance, mm-hmm, yeah, because they can't just go full attitude era. Which is why I think what they're doing now is a good step in the right direction, trying yeah. to
0: find a balance with that, yeah, um, and still trying to cater to all the audiences, right? And because I feel just like one the, segment
1: of the audience. Because I feel like the difference was back then, even in the attitude area, Don't get me wrong; you had a lot of pushback. There were a lot of like establishments that was like, "Yo, like, what are you guys doing?" Yeah, but I felt like the fans accepted it the fans were like heck yes but I feel like in this day and age you're going to still get a lot of fans out there that's going to be like no this is too far you know what I mean but
2: yeah, like, yeah. then
0: again you always have somebody saying something about something you're not going to please everybody all the time so not, yeah. what's going to please the bulk of your audience in the short and the long term and what's going to now create those ticket sales like we talked about how are we going to create cultivating television to where you want to go see this live in person when it comes to your town you got to have a ticket um, that's what the thing is, because if you don't have people watching the arenas, you know they could watch on television or the network. But the less people you have on one side, the less people you are going to have on the other side. Yeah. So
1: I think I feel like the Undertaker. I'm sorry, this is a tangent. Go ahead, I'm done. The Undertaker. <laughs> I, it's just because I'm saying Undertaker. I feel like he should die. His hair gray. Like, his his hair should look like Kevin Nash. Like, you know when you see Kevin Nash now, it's all gray? Yeah. I feel like it's too obvious that they're still trying to make him look like the young Undertaker. But I'm like, yo, just roll with the fact that it's like an aging dead man. You know what I mean? That's like like, on his last leg, but he's still taking souls. He's like the old Reaper now. You know what I mean? Like, I think that that would be a cool thing to go with instead of just still trying to make him look like... Young, it's like yo. His hairline, his hairline's receding. Yeah, like, his
2: hairline is at the top. Is that the is, right? Yeah, it's exactly, way under exactly. that. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah.
1: So, so it's just like, dude, like just, just roll with it. Sure, man. just How let it go. Yeah, that's yeah. less
0: just for men that you got to put in. Right. Right, you know. <laughs> I mean, unless they want to have them as a sponsor, you never know. But <laughs> or
2: Hims, right? Isn't Hims uh, uh, sponsored that's by another Snoop? one?
0: Uh, yeah, Hims <laughs> is another one, but it's. Yeah, but it's, it's still a cool experience to see this and to hear this and to feel this and it's it yeah. working this same. Like, but look at Shane you. like Shane doesn't die. Sharon. Shane I'm doesn't sorry. care. Yeah, yeah Shane's yeah. just like all great out there, and he's not even that old. Like Shane is like in his forties, you know. So late forties, <laughs> uh, uh, yeah, early fifties. Early but uh, yeah, let it just let it go. I think he's <laughs> in the
1: early forties, man. Oh, really? Yeah. I'm putting him Because Stephanie McMahon, I just think, turned 40 this year. And oh, Shane right. is not too much older than her. Yeah. Mm. True. I think he's like 43 or 44. West. Yeah. I
2: had the biggest crush on Stephanie McMahon,
1: man. Oh, I me mean, too. I mean, who didn't, Oh, my man. God. Oh, who my didn't, right? And I mean, Many. she still looks amazing. God.
0: Right? Yeah. She uh, still does. And then she got those two little bit visitors. You know, she got that business. <laughs> After she started working on television, they yeah. got the boob implants. Yeah. And that just helped. But, um... Hey, tangents and all, we have so much, and there's a lot of other things that we could talk about, but we'll just jump into next time, I'm sure. Um, New Japan, we got the G1 Climax Cup going on, um, and that's uh, something CM Funk's going to talk about next time. We'll talk about Lucha Underground, we'll talk about Impact Wrestling, because that's still around. If anything's going on in UFC, Big Ugly, uh, we'll talk about that. Indie promotions all going around. Uh, throw up NXT, I know you've been watching it, you say it's good, uh, what's going on yeah, in NXT so, right now? Yeah, so real
1: quick, UFC... Amanda Nunez is a beast. Listen, like, I, I kept thinking she might be a fluke. You know, she took out Ronda Rousey, and it was like, ah, Ronda Rousey has some deficiencies. Right. She took out Misha Tate, which was like, yo, Misha, Ronda Rousey's been beating Misha Tate for, like, years now. Right. Then she took out Holly Holm. She took out, uh, yeah. she, when she took out Chris Cyborg, I was like, oh, man. Because Chris Cyborg has been my girl. Like, she's been giving it to everybody for years. So, I'm sorry. That's You're You're fine. Amanda You're Nunez, no joke in the ring. Like, she's legit, bro. Like, she is, I believe, what everybody thought Ronda, Ronda Rousey was. You mm-hmm. know what I'm saying? Right. But it's like, you realize, like, Ronda Rousey just didn't have the level of competition. But Amanda Nunez has taken on all of Ronda Rousey competition and more. And it's just getting them out the way. Legit. All right. My okay. man Johnny Bones Jones retains his title. You know, he won his last match. It was a close one. Okay. Jones had me scared for a minute, but okay. that's my man. <laughs> he came through. Nobody can stop. John Bones, John Bones. All right, and that's UFC. What that's about- UFC. All right, that's what what about getting- NXT. All right, NXT. Real quick, uh, NXT has been doing really well. Um, you know, I think uh, once again they're getting focused a lot, a lot on the women again. With uh, what's Ronda Rousey's girl? That's the champion. What's her oh, name? Uh, Shayna Baszler. Shayna Baszler. You got the uh, the HBIC. Um, I forget <laughs> I forget her name, but that, that's what she goes by. The chick um, with the hair, she likes to slap people. No, that's, no. that's Bianca Belair. Bianca Belair. Yeah, so the HBSC is like I forget what name she goes by. She's like a, a, a Asian lady, um, but okay. A, anyway, good. so um, that's been good. Um, I just I always love I always love to see Matt Riddle. You know, Belvantine Dream is my boy. Um, you know, so I, I just I've been enjoying NXT. I fell off for a little bit. Yep. That's her. Uh, What's her name? She's black Korean. I did not know she was black Korean.
0: Miam. Oh, yeah. Mayim. Uh, Uh, Mia Yim. Mia Yim. Yeah, Yeah, that's it.
1: Yeah. Good. So, um, she's blazing. Thank you. That's that's a Google machine. Yeah. So, um, <laughs> but yeah, NXT has been great. I encourage anybody to keep watching right now.
0: And, and um, NXT has got some content, and they always come out with a takeover. I think before SummerSlam, so um, there'll be a Saturday night in um, mid-August where they'll have an NXT takeover in Toronto, where uh, uh, SummerSlam will emanate from Toronto this year, which is a little different. Usually, it's Los Angeles or some place like that. Now it's in Toronto, so good for them. Um, and we'll have a podcast next month. We'll be uh, past the sixty-nine we'll have one more no. and we'll be in our 70s. We'll be over 69
2: the 69 was so good we came back for another.
0: That's exactly right. See, there's a way to, to to slice that all the way around. I like that. So 69. But um hey, it's been a great podcast. We appreciate all of our listeners listening to us and sharing us, liking us, following us, subscribing to us all over the place. Uh, blowing up because, of course, uh, we're on the Dirty Ugly Wrestling Podcast. You can find us on Instagram, DUW Podcast. Also on Twitter, it's still there. Um, Facebook, Dirty Ugly Wrestling Podcast. Um, Dirty Ugly Wrestling at gmail.com is still there, I believe. Um, And, of course, iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher, TuneIn Radio, and just Google Dirty Ugly Wrestling uh, Podcast, and you find us all over the place. Mike Melillo, M-I-L-I-L-L-O. Yes, sir. Thank you for joining us today. Did you have a good time? Guys, this
2: was a blast. Thank yep. you so Appreciate much it. for popping up, podcast yeah. <laughs> Oh, Wow, and, and it's, it's sixty nine. Yeah. You
0: know, yeah. yeah. um, but yeah, we're gonna we're gonna tag you in yeah. us on Facebook and any other social media that you have, um, cool. and you feel free to share and um, also spread the good word about the chorus of the Chesapeake. Uh, The Dundalk chapter, dundalk.org, you know, if you want to, you can always come down and sing as a guest, you can have a great time, Um, we can, you you can be a guest or you can be a full-fledged member, you can come out and do sing-outs with us or practices, you know, just come down to that government, usually it's the government center, but also, uh, what's that building called also in Dundalk, we're going to be doing it at the, um, the, the Dunman Ma- Way Place.
2: Oh, the Mason Lodge, is that the what Mason it is? The Mason
0: Lodge or whatever it is. But yeah, we well, you find us on dundalk.org and there's a couple of phone numbers and everything, we'll we'll get you to the right place.
2: Any of you uh, hardcore wrestling fans, we sit in folding chairs so we can maybe have a folding chair battle We after yeah, rehearsal. Steel some chairs. Steel right. chairs and then uh, <laughs> we
0: got an office chair. There's usually office furniture that's thrown around uh, oh, at, yeah. the, at the ringside too. Um, <laughs> but we we also have uh, Dirty Ugly Wrestling co- uh, podcast
1: paraphernalia. So thank you, Big Ugly. You have a good time. I did, man. I always have a fun time uh, doing this, man. It's been a couple weeks, so it has. I look forward to talking about uh, what's next. We got Extreme Rules. To talk we got follow-up Extreme SummerSlam. Rules yeah.
0: going into SummerSlam. Yeah, man. That's gonna be next, SummerSlam. and then whatever else happens in between with the new Bischoff. Uh, um, Uh, Heyman administration and then uh, whatever else we have going on in the world of entertainment which we've talked about and (laughs) the world of music or anything Weird Al Stranger Things uh, (laughs) Spider-Man We were all over We were all over Hey thanks for listening to us thanks to all of our special guests and I'll come back listen to all our archived episodes as well from 1 to 68 they're all on SoundCloud or anywhere else you can find us So we will end this as we always do. This is how we do this, Mikey. Mm -hmm. Three, two, one. Deuces. Deuces. And that means that's what we say. (laughs) Deuces.